right, and we're live. Welcome back to the podcast, Tyler. How's it going? What's up, sleepyhead? Dude, <laughs> apologies. I, I, I dozed <laughs> off, and uh, here we are. And I, you know, I, I could have easily said let's reschedule, but I'm like, no, I really want to do this. I've been looking forward Yo, to this. I, this is. Uh, I already had to bail yesterday, so yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. But uh, I, I feel like. Even though um, Eternals was uh, just about a month ago, it feels a lifetime ago. Uh, even in thinking in terms of uh, you know the, the MCU, because Spider-Man: No Way Home is amazing. Uh, hopefully, anybody listening to this has seen it by by now. But it, it just it's, it's crazy because it, it, Eternals was such a low point, and No Way Home delivered on so many different levels. I'm I'm just so happy that it it was able to make me that emotional and that happy. It, it was so satisfying. Yeah, no, I honestly I couldn't believe it when I got on here and saw the last time you sent me a link for the Zoom or what is like November eighth, and I was like, holy shit, we talked like just a little over a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it does not feel like it's, it feels like it's been so much longer. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy that we're here and it's a different tone too. Cause uh, last time uh, you had that list and I got no list. <laughs> Neither. I got no list okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I felt like there's just so much good. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the bad, like right off the top of my head. And um, there's a I'm little bit. Pressed. I'm hard pressed for bad. Yeah, and like the only bad is uh, for anybody. Uh, it's it, spoiler alert at this point, so I'm you know be careful if you're still listening. But there's like only like the only bad part was like you know obviously some of the sad stuff. But like yeah, I, I walked away from that movie just so happy, and I, I, I could not believe the experience that I had went through because I, I went with some friends and I knew it was going to be good because that's all I was uh, you know reading and hearing about from people. Like, oh my god, it's so good. And it, it lived up to the hype. I, I was so satisfied from that movie. Yeah, no, man. Fucking, like, it did everything I wanted it to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it just did everything I wanted it to do. It, around every corner, it just kept doing things that I didn't expect it to do, or it did it so much more than I thought it would. Like, I uh, I say, I, I kind of want to go through it methodically like we usually do. But the only thing I can, like, think to compare it to is I never, I fell off those, those CWDC shows, like, a while before. But I was, like, all about Arrow and mm-hmm. Flash. And, like, I watched one of the seasons of that Legends of Tomorrow show. And I, I thought those were cool. And when they did those crossover events, like, I watched the first one. And I was like, oh, this is sick. And then they did that huge like flashpoint um, um, or the um, I can't remember the crisis on the crisis on infinite earth, whatever they did the crisis on infinite earth uh, crossover with like flash and Supergirl and blah, 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 all this shit. And they even had like uh, the um, Ezra, Ezra Miller uh, flash show up and just for like a scene. And uh when it came to this, I was wondering, I was like, are we going to get multiple Spider-Mans? If we do, is it just going to be like, a, hey, like, we did it. All right. You know, big gulps, huh? See you later. Like, you know, like a just a moment and then it was going to pass. And there's a lot of multiple Spider-Man in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I know we're skipping ahead here, but I felt like, wow, being a fan for so long 
it, it felt like it like paid off even this isn't the end but i felt like it it, it paid off because um, i remember being a kid and going to go watch the you know toby Maguire spider-man not even realizing what i was walking into right because uh, yeah i felt like at, at that time that movie kind of raised the bar for all comic book movies right because before we got the cheesy people remember like the ben affleck daredevil or um some of like the the earlier like even like the older like you know batmans which were like okay but i felt like uh that no, just, batman returns rocks yeah i i, I do enjoy those older ones <laughs> oh uh, dude the, the schumacher batmans are fucking shit though yeah fucking batman forever and batman and robin suck ass yeah i, I yeah and, and that was like a, a, a different point in time right because uh to, to think about comic movies back then um it was like i don't think people realized the full potential and when spider-man came out and obviously um x-men was around the same time i just yeah. felt like it just opened up people's eyes and, and it just changed just the whole landscape was yeah like once that first spider-man came out it was it was game over i felt like that just kind of uh you know started this whole new revolution uh, as far as comic movies because um you know since then i i felt like they've only been getting better oh yeah i mean it legit like i x x1 and x2 and the first two Spider-Man movies were like, we wouldn't have the MCU if it wasn't for like, we literally wouldn't have it because the selling to Sony to keep Marvel afloat, <laughs> like all the, all the, the deals that they made to like keep Marvel from going under by selling off those properties. Like would, we would not have the MCU if it wasn't for, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's for for better or worse. Hundred uh, percent. So I, I felt like um, in those moments where, um, and I, I don't I don't want to get too deep into it because I I would like to go through the movie in order. But mm. but I felt just, yeah, just being a fan for so long, I, I felt like it paid off in this weird way because like just sitting there in the theater and getting getting to experience that because like obviously I'm leading up, um, I. I didn't care about spoilers. So uh, what, when the word got out that, you know, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were going to be in the movie, I was just like, okay, that, that that's cool. I, I wasn't like super attached to them. Um, but at least I didn't think I was until I saw them in, like, you know, in, in the <laughs> no, movie. Right? Yeah. Which uh, it, it was crazy, but, um, but okay, l- 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 let's get to the very beginning of the movie. And it, it was strange to me because I, I like Spider-Man. I'm not one of my favorite superheroes, but in terms of these movies, like thinking back to, far from home and homecoming i'm just like wow they just keep raising the bar with it i didn't think it was gonna you know it just keeps getting better and better and i and i just don't know how they kept doing because you think about how big of a deal this movie um, no way home is right now right and you know just the box office numbers and the amount of hype i've not i'm assuming it's doing great yeah I haven't seen yeah yet. crazy numbers but I, I like that the movie kind of um, picks up right where the last one left off, right? You know, after Mysterio, um, you know, puts out that Peter Parker Spider-Man, and you're just seeing how, how it affects not only um, you know Peter Parker's life, but everyone around him. Uh, how everybody, uh, you know, obviously they're all getting um, you know pulled in and, and, and interrogated. You see uh, Aunt May, MJ, Ned, and it, it was just crazy to see like how fast things were moving. Um, but I, I, I did like to see how each different person, uh, you know, handled the, the interrogation scenes differently. Obviously, Aunt May and mm-hmm. MJ very, very well. Ned just saying too much. But I, I thought that, that was a great way to kind of just, uh, you know, pick up 
and you know start the movie because it, it was, was kind of cool because it's like all right cool the last one ended and here we go we're right back into it like let's go yeah no i uh the movie moved so so the movie moved so fucking fast the movies moved so fucking fast but it wasn't too fast and i don't know man it was for for a movie with that much of a breakneck pace it it didn't number one it did not like wear me out like sometimes like um like a superman movie or um like certain certain action movies like the transformers movies like those things will wear you the fuck out because it's just non-stop fucking action and moving and trying to your brain just gets overloaded by all this all this um all this violence and all this motion and um and some of it's so much of it's not even real it's all computer generated motion but it can like it can really fucking wear you out and this for a movie that did as much as it did as fast as it did like i felt like i was on my toes but i wasn't like tripping Mm -hmm. like I, i didn't trip at all like i was able to follow everything like they did a really good job with um with all the concepts like because they they introduced some pretty like 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 i mean intricate concepts like not like tenant level concepts but like they introduced like a lot of different like modes of how this movie's gonna go and they didn't like take too much time to explain it they just kept it moving mm-hmm. and like kind of trust it felt like that they trusted me to be smart enough to get it while they just kept it moving rather than like stalling on certain parts to like over explain things they did a really good job of uh of like i mean they did a really good job of just fucking like putting the pedal to the metal like the whole fucking movie and i felt like safe and comfortable the whole time like i was just along for an incredible ride but damn dude like like 10 minutes in like they all those fucking interviews and and um and like all like them being being wrapped up in, in all this bullshit and stuff and then fucking matt murdoch mm-hmm. so i i knew about and that like, i i i knew about that beforehand because I, I i saw a spoiler and it, i always forget because i'm it, it, i i knew about it and then when it happened like my my friends were freaking out but i was like pretty chill because i had already known that that was coming because i'm like okay oh this is the scene because i they're at the table i'm like okay it's somehow uh, matt murdoch's gonna end up here but i just felt some sense of satisfaction for not only uh you know uh, one of my favorite uh, you know superheroes being in the movie but just for the whole marvel netflix universe because even when season one came out charlie cox the actor who plays matt murdoch daredevil he was calling for a a role in the avengers then i was like fuck yeah this guy deserves it after season one right but as like season two season three the defenders i was like i was like do something more with these people right if it's just uh daredevil if it's just kingpin just please don't let this die here and i'm so happy that uh, you know, uh, Kevin Feige and everybody um, else like heard everybody and was like, "All right, cool. Like, let's do something because because it, it makes sense because obviously um, in the Marvel Netflix uh, universe they talk about the Battle of New York, so you know that they're in the same universe. Mm-hmm. And when like just uh, how they frame right, like he puts his cane down, and I was just like, I just was so happy, and it was so, so cool. It was so. Thanks. 
it was such like and like maybe like for anybody who wasn't paying attention it wasn't that big of a deal oh this like you know this blind guy matt murdoch whatever but for everybody who knew everybody was like screaming there's people screaming in the theater that i was in our whole theater clapped our whole theater clapped it was awesome and it was so cool too because our theater was fucking packed like i mean probably not too cool for covid but uh for like this 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 was the first movie I've been in oh, wow. since lockdown that was packed. Mm-hmm. Like Eternals was like 10 of us in the theater. And even Black Widow was, you know, maybe a dozen, maybe 20 people mm-hmm. in the theater. This was like when we, when we walked in, um, there were two people sitting in our seats. Oh, that's so awkward. I hate, I hate when that happens. And, and I had to be a dick. I had to be like, yo, man y'all in our seats like if there was just three seats together so me and my mom and ashton could sit together Mm -hmm. like anywhere else i would have just said all right we'll just we'll just sit somewhere else because they might have been with other people and they just couldn't you know yeah they get their seats together but i was like man you you guys gotta fucking get up like we got these three seats and we're sitting together we're not splitting up and i don't even think i think they might have been crashing the movie too okay so i but I don't even know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I just like, fuck, I forgot what we were even talking about for a second. Matt Murdock. Um, oh yeah. The- theater being packed. Yeah. No, my whole fucking theater, like, uh, fucking like erupted when Matt Murdock showed up and I just, I was like, it's the movie just fucking started. Mm. Yeah. Th- I felt like they were letting us know, like here, here's some shit right here to let you know that like, this is going to be awesome. I thought he was lying because I was kind of following that shit a little bit. And then like, I kind of just like fell out of following. Cause I'm like, I want to just see what happens. I don't want to get any kind of anticipation. And I know all along he was like the last few months, he kept saying like, Oh, we're in talks. You know, we don't know yet. Like whatever. And was like, you know, lying through his fucking teeth. Um, but like, I thought they would do it, especially after that Hawkeye reveal mm-hmm. the other day, I thought they were, I thought he'd be showing up. I just didn't fucking think he'd be showing up in the first fucking 10 minutes of the movie. And I'm kind of glad we just saw Matt too. We didn't see Daredevil. See, the greedy fan of me was like, okay, cool. We got Matt Murdock. We know shit's going to pop off because there's going to be a ton of villains from other uh, you know timelines here. So I can't wait to see Daredevil. And the whole time I'm thinking like, okay, when's he going to pop in? Uh, you know, they need some help. Where's Daredevil? But uh, we never got it, and I'm like, okay, that that's fine. Th- that's just enough that they open the door and let him in. And obviously, uh, nobody knows, and nobody at the table knows that uh, Matt Murdock was Daredevil. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like they're they're just kind of easing this in. They're not just going to be like, here's a brand new superhero for this cast, right? So it's like, all right, yeah. at, at least but he's we there. Got, we got a Daredevil moment at least. We got like when he catches that fucking brick. Mm-hmm. At least we got that. Which that fucking rule. Yeah, it, it was great to see them uh, kind of interact, right? Uh, uh, Peter Parker was like, he's like, how'd you know that was coming? And and like, because he was ready to catch it too, right? Because like, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was it was so awesome to to see Matt Murdock there because uh, I'm I'm such a fan. So that that was literally like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh yeah, no, I mean it was it was like that's my that's my thing about this this Spider Man movie, dude. It might be my favorite fucking comic book movie. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad at you for that because this is so great. Like, well, in the, the oh god, dude, it's just like so 
so in like my my relationship with spider-man is like like so i was never like a marvel comics kid Mm -hmm. and i wasn't really like a comics kid until i was in college really my uh one of my roommates had like a run of um he had that uh run of uh nightfall comics is the batman uh the breaking the bat comics where he like goes up against bane and Mm -hmm. bane breaks his back he had like the individual comics like not like a like i've got the uh i've got the like the graphic novel of it now but uh he had like every individual comic so i would like sit there and like read through them and one of my other roommates uh he got uh the long Halloween, which is right there, but I'm not going to risk pulling the plug out of the iPad to grab right now. But, um, so I like got into like Batman comics, um, through my roommates when I was in college. Um, but I like growing up, I had Batman, the animated series. So like I was a huge Batman head, but at the same time that I had Batman, the animated series, I had that Spider-Man, um, Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. that I would watch all the time when I was little. So growing up, like I wasn't like a huge like Superman the animated series was the thing that I watched too because the same people who did Batman and it came on like Toonami or something like after Dragon Ball Z and shit. So uh, I um, I know Batman's Rogues Gallery and I know some of Superman's Rogues Gallery and I know some of Spider Man's Rogues Gallery because of those cartoons I watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. So when it came time for those Tobey Maguire Spider Mans to come out, I was like, oh, I know Doc Ock, I know. Like, I know, like, Hobgoblin, I know Green Goblin, like, I know Venom, like, I know these characters, like, this is cool. I feel like, like, with the X-Men, I also watched the X-Men cartoon a little bit, but in the X-Men cartoon, it was always them fighting Sentinels and then team and them fighting each other. I never really knew any of the other, like, um, Marvel characters until, you know, the MCU, and I started, like, actually, like, learning and, and reading a little bit more of... Uh, of Marvel comics, but like that was a full blown fucking adult when I started re- reading Marvel comics. So, um, but this fucking Spider-Man movie is like the first, like one of the first comic book movies that truly feels like you're just reading a comic. Like so much of like, I know you would, you would have hoped Daredevil would show up again later, which in a comic, maybe he would have, mm-hmm. but like, it just really felt like one of those stories that never while the story was being told was I wondering where someone was like there was no like like because sometimes you we watch these like movies or you like you know in with you know scheduling conflicts and whatnot you'll kind of like wonder like really nobody else fucking showed up like like this is it this is all the all the people in this movie and like they did such a good job i think of incorporating such a massive ensemble cast that like not only we did we get another avenger with doctor strange in the movie like we we got fucking multiple spider-man we got so many villains we got like this huge like this huge project and it really felt like when people write these comics they include all these characters and include all these different these different stories and it really didn't feel like we got gypped at all with any of these things. Like it felt like they like, they like, they didn't write a check they couldn't cash with the Spider-Man movie. And, um, and yeah, I mean, just from that get go with, with Matt showing up, I was like, fuck dude, like they're just, they're just fucking going for it. Like after a movie that truly did not go for it, 
like Eternals did not go for it. They tried to play it safe with that movie in so many ways and just, and rely on just the fact that it was a Marvel movie. And I felt like Spider-Man did just in a fucked up job of, of usurping and eclipsing that uh, abomination that we saw a month ago. Yeah, it, it like turned that ship around, right? Because people were like, "Holy crap, this is," because it, it was so bad, right? There's so much, um, <clears throat> there's so much negativity um, on the MCU because of that movie, because it was a flop. But uh, you know, here here comes Spider Man to save the day, and it was uh, super awesome. And, and I'm happy that it it, it played out the, the way that it did. And as far as like story wise, there's not much that I would have changed. I I, I enjoyed it. Like, you know, front to back, obviously, there were some, like, um, morale choices that I definitely disagreed with. But, you know, that's just how things go. Um, but moving forward, uh, you know, uh, in the movie's timeline, it, it was cool, right? There was the whole thing with Matt Murdock, which was um, awesome. But then you kind of see how it, it's, like, affecting uh, everybody's everybody's lives, right? Except for I'm Aunt May. She didn't seem to get too much uh, crap from it right she was still able to go to work not a big deal yeah. but as far as mj ned and peter right the, the, there's a scene of um you know them going to school for, for the first time since uh the announcement of uh peter parker being spider-man and you just saw just like the the the, the outrage the right people uh, camped out uh protesting in front of the school there was like the people for spider-man the people against spider-man you know the the whole like you know mysterio was right uh, phrase was getting yeah. tossed around, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, MJ had had her own, uh, you know, fan. I'm I'm not sure if you saw that one scene with the guy who um, yeah screaming. And, and apparently that have Spider Man babies. Yeah, yeah. You have a spider babies. Apparently that guy is um Zendaya's uh actual like assistant. So that was like a cool like really yeah really yeah. So I, that was a cool cameo. But oh, that's awesome. But it was funny to see, uh, right? Um, uh, Peter walks into the uh, to the school, right? Because they had to go through the, the metal detector, so they all get separated. And Peter, um, he was walking up the stairs, and he sees like the faculty. And then there's like a little, um, you know, a, a showcase behind them, uh, you know, with all this like Spider-Man stuff, like um, you know, uh, praising the fact that uh, you know Peter Parker Spider-Man that he goes to that school. And um, it was the was it the 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 principal, the PE teacher, and then there was it their science teacher, or who is the guy I that? Think it's the yeah, the, the guy. JB JB Smooth's their science teacher, I think. Yeah, and it, it was cool to see like all their different um, you know takes on it because obviously the the PE teacher, I forget his name. What's up with that comedian's Hannibal, name? Hannibal Burris. Yeah, he was just not about it. He, he didn't even care. He's a good, he's, <laughs> he's totally like QAnon on fucking Mysterio being like like this truth teller. Like he's clearly like drinking the fucking uh, J Jonah Jameson tea, take, getting the brain pills on the fucking info war shit it was fucking awesome yeah but i, I definitely love that scene because uh, yeah the, the the science teacher was like yeah look at this like some of the students put this together and then um the <laughs> p teacher was like no they didn't you did that <laughs> just totally <laughs> calling them out and you're just like wow this is so funny that like Here, it, go ahead i i i wish when i saw the, the when i saw martin star and jb smooth were in the spider-man movies uh, along with hannibal burris uh like I think I, I I wish they did more in school. Like I wish there was more school days for the uh, like for the Spider-Man movies, just because they cast such great people mm -hmm. in the faculty. Because like, dude, like I love Freaks and Geeks and I love Silicon Valley, 
So like I'm a huge Martin Starr fan and I love Kirby Enthusiasm. So I fucking love JB Smooth. And uh have you watched the Harley Quinn cartoon? No, I haven't. Bro, you should watch that shit. He voices uh one of Poison Ivy's plants in it. Okay. It's pretty fucking funny. It's really it feels like an adult swim cartoon. I'll check it out. It's pretty it's pretty fucking dope. But uh but yeah, and then they fucking have Hannibal Burris playing his fucking PE teacher and they did get like that awesome fucking hilarious fucking scene where they all were very, very funny because they're all very fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And then we just didn't get more of them. And that's like, if I like, if I had any complaints about the movie, which aren't real like complaints about the movie, it's just, you had so many, there was so many, there were so many people in the movie that needed spotlight and needed to shine. And just, I wish some of them had gotten to shine more, but everybody who did get the shine I don't think I would have wanted any of them to shine less, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt like, um, yeah, as many people as they needed to touch on, I felt like they distributed the screen time uh, pretty well. Like there wasn't like um, outside of me being uh, curious about Daredevil. Um, other than that, I felt like yeah, like it, it, it was cool. Like I, I felt like it was just a great balance because right, you didn't want to like lean too much into like one direction. I felt like they found this great recipe and they delivered. Yeah, like. I, like, I could be bummed that I didn't see more Hannibal Burris or J.B. Smith or Martin Starr. But at the same time, what I did see of them was fucking awesome. <laughs> so, like, and then the movie just keeps it fucking moving. Dude, that scene where he's walking down the hallway and all the phones come up. Oh, God, you, it's a nightmare. The, oh, it's awful, dude. Oh, man, that made me, that fucking creeped me out so bad. I hated that. I mean, you fucking know me. Mm-hmm. Like, no thank you like miss me with that shit how do you deal with that because obviously like you're someone who has to you know uh sometimes get on stage in front of a lot of people and there's cameras pointed at you does that ever play into your psyche or are you just able to perform and not um, even think about it you know i don't really think about anything when we play like it i like one of the reasons i like like i'll watch videos of inclination and constraint it's to kind of like honestly like to double check and make sure I didn't say anything too stupid while we were playing. Cause I almost don't remember anything once the adrenaline gets going and once everything's moving, like pretty much the only thing I think while I'm, while I'm playing is don't fall off stage. Okay. That's truly one of the only <laughs> things that ever goes through my mind is don't fall off stage or try not to fall off stage, which, uh, we, uh, you say, we'll talk, we'll talk hardcore later, but, uh, um, uh, Sleepaway, my my new band. We played our first show on that uh, that Koyo Anxious tour, but it was a day off, so Koyo just came and played Louisville. And um, Constraint ended up jumping on and playing before Koyo, and it was one of the few times we played a set where I didn't ask for the lights to be turned on, and I fucking walked right off stage. Oh wow. And I fell like straight into Joey from Koyo, and I felt so fucking embarrassed. Luckily, I didn't like hit the ground, but like I legitimately like stepped straight into him because I just couldn't see the edge of the stage. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't really think about that. Also, like, I mean, Isaac's got it fucking worse. All the eyes are really on Isaac when we play. Like, um, I uh, like I, I get asked to take a picture like once every now and then with with you know some kid who who loves inclination or or loves not loose and therefore likes inclination by proxy um and uh it's not that weird to me it is weird like uh 
getting asked to like sign something that's the thing that weirds me out like anybody who's ever asked me to like sign a record or anything like i refuse to sign the front of the record i'll sign like something i'll sign the back corner or something i don't want to fuck up the art on this record you know or uh and i won't sign a t-shirt i will not sign a t-shirt i refuse to do that shit if somebody asks me to do that i'll just say no i'm not gonna fuck your t-shirt up. <laughs> it is interesting i because I, I i i saw that um uh, I was at the uh, one step closer dare pop up at program the other day, and I, I, I saw this guy getting uh, his skateboard signed by everybody. Because like obviously that's sick. Okay, that's sick. I had a skate. I had a skateboard when I was a kid that um, I had Carrie get sign it, and I had another another time. Um, I'm trying to think right now who. Uh, I had another board that somebody fucking, I think it was Mark Johnson. I'm, th- I'm fucking blanking right now. It's been so long. He skated for Enjoy. Um, there was like an Enjoy skateboards demo at the, at Riot um, when I was a kid. And uh, I think he signed one of my, one of my boards when I was a kid, but then, you know, you break that board, it gets thrown away. Man, it's just whatever. Yeah, I, I've never really been one for signatures. I, I, it doesn't really mean anything to me, but yeah, yeah it, I'm, right. I'm always curious why people like want because, like, obviously, like, it, in uh, like you know the hardcore bubble, I'm like, are they going to try to sell it or are, are they that stoked? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like anytime I like meet like a hero or anything, which I don't think I've met too many heroes of mine. More than anything, I just kind of want to have a conversation, and mm. also like once you meet like a hero of yours if you go to just have a conversation with that person that person like almost immediately leaves that pedestal and just becomes another person on the ground with you and uh i that's like that's like one of the things i loved about hardcore in general was like this idea that like when you're not on the stage you're just another person in the crowd like um so yeah yeah, I don't know. Signatures are weird, but if that's what you want, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Props to you for feeling comfortable enough to ask people for some shit like that. I would never feel comfortable enough to ask somebody for something like that. Yeah, I, I feel weird enough just asking even people that I know for a picture. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I mean, that's and that's another thing with me being like flip phone guy. Like, I don't even think to get pictures with people. Mm-hmm. Like. And half the time that shows, like, my phone's in the fucking, like, uh, we, um, that show, that show I saw you at in, up in Wilkes-Barre, um, I, uh, I had my phone in the van the whole night because I just don't care to have, like, I'm moshing, I'm jumping around, I don't want to, I don't want to break my phone, so I just leave it in the, uh, I just leave it in the van. And um, when I got back in the van, I had, like, texts from people who were at the show Mm-hmm. who were like trying to find me like uh tom from indecision was at the show and i didn't even see him apparently he was standing right on the stage while we were playing i didn't see him at all and uh he was like looking for me at one point and, like it texted me and i went the whole night without running into him and then i felt so stupid when i got back and, and like saw his text i was like holy shit he texted me fucking twice and i just just never responded for like hours so i felt like an asshole but i mean that's just me in a show is i'm just i'm there i'm you know i'm there to mosh and fucking play and you know be at the show if you don't 
talk to me or I don't run into you. I could go the whole night without even knowing somebody I know is there, you know? hundred percent. There's people that I saw that I'm like, okay, cool. Like I got to go say hello at some point, but it was just, you know, there, there's a lot of people there. Uh, it's just a lot going on because there's a lot of bands playing and it was just, just never, uh, you know, had or never found the time to, to do it uh, because, you know, you get caught up in other conversations, talk to other people. So I, I, I can totally see how um, you were missed. Right. Because there was only people that I wanted to talk to that I just didn't get a chance to talk to. I, I felt bad, but, you know, things happen. Yeah. I mean, some people I just said, like, hey, you know, what's up? All right. See you later. <laughs> you know, that was it. Yeah. Um, Let's get back to Spider-Man, though. We'll, we'll talk about hardcore later. <laughs> so um, there was that, you know, obviously the the, the scenes in the school and then uh, cut to uh, Peter and MJ on the roof just talking about um, just about what was going on. And <coughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Uh, and just talking about, like, sure. uh, life and stuff. And I, I, I thought it was, uh, like, a, a cool romantic moment right they're about to kiss and then, and, and, and then ned ruins it and then ned shows up and he's like he's like god finally some privacy and it's just kind of like oh he's so oblivious that he's just ruining the moment which i thought was uh you know obviously that's his character but i, I it was just so great that he was just so uh, oblivious to, to to him ruining that moment but it was cool to um to to hear them talk about their future right because it's like all right the chapter of them in high school is ending because they're starting to discuss um, you know what colleges they're getting into and wanting to to all go to the same place so they could live together and you're like holy shit like they're and it seems like they're growing up fast but you got to think um, you know from the beginning to now it's been a long time so yeah. no dude zendaya looks so different than she did in that first fucking movie like they really needed to get this movie they should have gotten this movie out sooner because like tom holland too like they are not passing as high schoolers anymore mm-hmm and uh, Ned just looked weird with uh, his his hairstyle in this movie. I don't know. I just like it, it. Just didn't look natural to me. I was like, it was just bothering. Not really bothering me, but I'm kind of like, huh. I don't know, like uh, if that was the right choice, but whatever. I was, uh, for some reason, it, it just kind of caught my eye. It's, it didn't stick out to me at all. He's just a, such a goofball that, like, I think every all, all his look does is just make him goofy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. Um, obviously, they, they're talking about the colleges. And, and at that point, I'm not even thinking, too. I'm like, wow. Uh, it, it, it's so weird that even Peter Parker, right, for um, is, uh, his status as uh, Superman, he's still trying to cling on to his normal life. Because in my mind, I'm like, how, how can you be Spider-Man and still even want to go to college right because you got to think about everything that that uh, person has been through uh, saving the entire universe um you know uh, getting blipped and it's like like mentally or even just like uh like what i even want to pursue college when i know that there's all these other things going on um in the world and and even now like him finding out about like you know uh different uh, or like the, the the multiverse theory and just all this other stuff. It's like, wh- why is even college a, a thing on his mind when he knows that there's bigger threats and things to take care of out there? Like, I, I get it for MJ and Ned, but it was still kind of surprising to me that uh, he was still clinging to that part of his life. Well, Jamie, Peter Parker is a fucking nerd. True. <laughs> That's true. But when um, obviously his his connections, right? Um, yeah. 
it was just like okay and speaking of connections i i totally forgot to, to mention this but when um remember when um, uh, peter was getting interrogated he was just like oh um you know call call uh, nick fury he yeah. he knows and, and then right yeah and, and then the agent was like oh he's been off uh off earth for for a year and peter parker's like holy shit what like, he's just confused but they don't really touch on it because he doesn't because uh, obviously he doesn't know that he was dealing with a scroll the whole That's time it. But it was also interesting because I'm like, wait, does that agent know? Is that agent a scroll? Like, like, or are they? Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, obviously, you don't want to get too deep on that, but I was just kind of that was an interesting moment. Yeah, I mean, you you gotta imagine though, like when when things started going on, I'm sure like lots of bureaucratic bullshit with Shield and whatnot, and like people being like, wait, is, is Spider Man like like? did you guys know who Spider-Man was? Like, were you guys hiding who Spider-Man was? Like who all knew who Spider-Man was? I'm sure there was all kinds of investigations trying to figure out like who knew when that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, like how long did they know? Who can we hold culpable for this? Like who might be possibly responsible, especially with the Stark stuff. And like, um, I watched a, I watched a little like explainer going into a few things that like don't really get mentioned, but like, like people wondering like, well, you know, like I wonder why like Pepper Potts didn't get involved and what, what and whatnot. And it's like, well, Pepper Potts was probably fucked. Like they were probably like carting out fucking files and taking hard drives and doing all kinds of wild shit after the Mysterio thing to like figure out like, wait a second, what did you guys have just floating around in space? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what like you guys just had a bunch of armed drones just floating around in space capable of all this technology are you fucking serious are you kidding me like um so you gotta imagine like the whole and then there's probably you know sketchier you know general ross types who are like well maybe we can use this stuff and you know like doing like immediately turning to like how can we use these things for like nefarious reasons and shit like that so you gotta imagine that like that Mysterio there, there had to have been so much fallout on everybody that nobody was really coming to Peter's uh, aid for that enough that somebody told that, you know, then like, Oh, Nick Fury's off planet. Like you got, you like, there's no way to reach him right now about, about, you know, dealing with Spider-Man. So, uh, so yeah, like I, I would imagine like that's probably just like common knowledge in the, f- like with the FBI and all these different, you know, inter interconnected uh, government agencies that are like trying to figure out like, wait, what the fuck happened in London? Are you kidding me? Like did a kid couldn't have really caused all this damage. Um, But, uh, but yeah, that rooftop scene was dope though. I really, I really liked that. I, uh, they did a really good job of, of constructing like a really sensible um, setting for all of the different scenes and like, and then them going back to it later. And like, I don't know, it was, it was really good. It was, it, it really felt like they didn't film in so many different places. Like the movie took place in a reasonable amount of spaces. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Because <laughs> there wasn't like, 
um, like in uh, Eternals, right? When we're thinking about travel time, getting from one place to another, where things just didn't make sense. Yes. Luckily, with um, No Way Home, everything made sense as far as like you know cutting to different locations. Um, but uh, you know, after that rooftop scene, there's a uh, the montage of uh well obviously they, they move into right um aunt may and peter they have to move into happy's yeah. um you know uh, condo bachelor pad. a bachelor pad because uh too many people knew where they lived in you know, with the brick situation and uh, it was just too public knowledge on where they were at so they they, they move um in with happy and it, you know it, it's it's cutting from scenes of aunt may getting these acceptance um letters from these different colleges yeah and uh, obviously, uh, the one that they're all waiting for is for MIT because that was their number one choice. And I thought um, it, at, at the scene, right, where MJ, Ned, and Peter are opening their letters, the way that MJ l- was looking at uh, you know Peter's reaction and Ned's reaction, I thought um, uh, maybe like she had got accepted, and the and the other two didn't, so she lied and was like, oh yeah, like I didn't get in either. That's why she tore it up. But they, there's never any real clarification on it. Obviously, it's, it wasn't that important, but I thought it was pretty interesting that it, it kind of went that way. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't think I think they I don't think she was lying. I think they all didn't get it because if Ned's not getting it because of his connection, she's obviously more connected to him than Ned even was because they were the like when everyone found out he was Spider Man, they were on the news together, mm-hmm. like on that bridge and whatnot. Um. Uh. Yeah, that part was a bummer. But at the same time, I was like, "They're not going to fucking MIT. Spider Man's not going to fucking Boston. Like, there's no, there's no fucking way. Like, he is a New York fucking superhero. So I knew, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And um, I uh, say I don't want to skip ahead too much, but like, I really liked the way they did a lot of the stuff later in the movie, per, you know, pertaining to their college and whatnot. Um, so I'm trying to remember what what comes next is uh, what, next is him going to Sanctum Sanctorum, right? No, no. I'm uh, well. Um, re- remember? Uh, well, uh, hold on. I, I I don't want to skip over. Um, Flash. Remember he he, he kicks down the door. Oh, God, he does get in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, super douchebag, right? He kicks down the door. He's wearing his MIT hoodie, and he assumes that uh, the three of them, right, MJ, Ned, and yeah. Peter, got in. And then when he kind of realizes, like, oh shit, like it, it, like you guys didn't get in. And then he dips to the the um, MIT mixer. Dude, also, I love the fact that his three best or his two best friends, like lives are his two best friends' lives are ruined because they know him, and his classmate who wrote a book about being friends with him, who probably made a bunch of money, did get into the school because he has nothing to do with Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> like I love the idea that. But it didn't matter that he wrote a book lying about being friends with Peter. That he still got in because it was so clearly that he has nothing to do with Spider. Yeah, weren't actually friends. Um, but yeah, but but after the 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 flash scene, right? It kind of focuses in on like the the Halloween decorations that MJ didn't yeah. take down, and and that's how they, they get to Doctor Strange, right? Because that was um, you know uh, there were like these little uh, sorcerer ornaments, um, and it looked like Doctor Strange. Um, they look little Dracula, I think. And, you know, watching all those trailers and the lead up to this, I, I never even questioned, like, how does he get from, uh, you know, whatever he was doing in his life to Doctor Strange? I, I always just realized, yeah, he's, he's getting to Doctor Strange, like, no big deal. But then I, I never even thought about, like, how he ended up there. But um, obviously, he 
after the events of um, you know uh, Endgame, he remembers, oh, Doctor Strange can control time. Like, let me go see if maybe he can help out with the situation. And I thought that was a really cool moment because, right, like all all these people are in New York City. Um, or I say people, but I, I mean superheroes. All these uh, major superheroes are in New York City. So he's like, all right, let me tap in and see if I can get some help because obviously uh his his old mentor and the old person he used to rely on isn't around anymore tony stark so um here's his, his new buddy right obviously met him uh you know in the avengers films but it was, it was, it was cool to see him actually just you know kind of walk over and uh you know tap into that resource because it was just kind of a cool moment when he's like standing outside the the sanctum right and you see like the whole building and you're like oh wow this is cool to, to have him just kind of walk up man oh my god i'm just realizing something about this movie that they did that I hadn't really occurred to me. And that's in all of these Spider-Man movies, he's looking for somebody to mentor him and show him how, and God, I don't want to like, I, I'm going to skip so much with this, with this thought right now. Um, but so whether it's Tony or whether it's Mysterio, like, Peter's so hungry for somebody to just kind of like help him figure this shit out because he's young and he's going through all these changes with his body that no one else is going through because no one else is Spider-Man. Um, but also just like changes with like how his life is and, and, and coming out of adolescence and all this stuff. Um, and he's like looking for like some sort of guidance on like how to live and how to, how to exist and how to grow up. And he's just, you know, it's, he's not finding it in Tony because Tony, until, you know, the bl- until the blip, Tony has no feeling of affection towards anyone mm-hmm. other than, you know, kind of Pepper until he has his little girl who he then, you know, finds really like a lot of like Tony was the reluctant, you know, mentor to Peter. And, um, and Mysterio was like, you know, the the Judas mentor to Peter. Um, and it turns out like Peter doesn't need a mentor. Peter's instincts are good. Like really Peter good. was raised correctly. Like his aunt did an incredible job raising him mm-hmm. and making him the man he is. And his instincts, the things that he thinks are right, are right. Even if it's hard, and even if it costs a lot even if it hurts him and um, and doesn't really like seem like it works out for the best, like regardless, like his instincts. And that's, that's like such a neat moment, like in the end when Dr. Strange comes back to the picture and finds out that Peter did the thing, the thing that he didn't want Peter to do because he didn't think Peter could do it it turns out Peter is capable of these things and he's capable of it because he's, he is like a good person. He's a really good person. He's got a very incredible intentions. He's, uh, he's just like a really, really like, uh, like bright kid. And, uh, I, uh, God, I'm just like realizing that like you talking about like him going to strange cause he's always going to somebody and trying to find that, uh, that, uh, you know that guidance and it's something they did in all these other spider-man movies too like with um with you know toby Maguire's peter is going to norman for guidance and 
and and help and like you know how to you know pursue his dreams and then he's going to, to you know octavius for guidance and he's always like looking to like another like another figure like somebody to replace uncle ben somebody to replace this this mentor that he thinks he needs when in fact he's just really got good instincts and even andrew garfield with um i can't remember the um i can't remember lizards uh connors mm -hmm. dr connors with with he's you know looking for that mentorship from dr connors like the, all these uh like all these peters are always looking for this person to tell them what to do when they don't need that because they have really good instincts and they know what to do they're you know they're just good people <laughs> well even when um and also we're, we're, we're skipping a little a little ahead but we'll, we'll go back but even when uh i can't remember exactly which point it was exactly but uh you know spider-man or well peter parker and dr stranger getting into it right they're they're like going back and forth and strange is like getting frustrated but then he kind of realizes he's like wait you're just a kid right yeah because because and we tend to forget that right but he is a kid, but he, he did save or help save the universe. And he's going through all these crazy things that not a normal kid would have to deal with. And even his peers tend to forget because they're looking at him as their equal because they have these special abilities. They're doing these crazy things. But in that one moment, he, strange, he just kind of reminds himself. He's like, holy shit. He's like, you're a kid, dude. Like I need to, like, I, I can't forget that. And it's just like, yeah, like it, it even, uh, you know, kind of put into perspective for me too. I'm like, yeah, th there's a reason why he's, uh, you know, needing help and wanting this guidance and, um, you know, wanting to be around people like him because uh, he just wants and needs that kind of attention and needs to be, uh, not really needs to be, but wants to be kind of led down the right path because he wants to follow in the footsteps of these people that he looks up to that have done um, you know, what he thinks is like, you know, right. And the cool thing, right. Cause you know how, remember how we got like, so excited to meet Captain America and civil war and all that. So it's just like, yeah, like, like that's one thing that, um, gets kind of blurred because of, um, who uh, he is or his, um, alter ego, Spider-Man. It's still just yeah, a kid. Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the thing. Like everyone assumes that he like is not just like, and that was like the best thing they, that they've done with Tom Holland, uh, spider-man that they like i feel like they tried to do it so much with uh and he didn't he didn't really do it too much in this movie mostly because we he wasn't spider-man <laughs> in a lot of this movie it was mm -hmm. peter parker in a lot yeah. of this movie yeah um there was only like several points in the movie where he was you know fully costumed up and even masked up like um but uh i um one of the things that I think they did such a good job with in uh, Homecoming and Far From Home is make reminding us that Spider-Man is kind of juvenile by like the wise cracking Spider-Man. Like he always would have like a little joke while he was fighting, mm -hmm. and like you could tell he was never taking this too seriously. And um, I think that's something that they did a really good job of doing in those first couple Spider-Man movies, and then maybe kind of you know leaned away from it. Um, in his, you know, last couple uh, appearances, because they really kind of did make it like he's, you know, growing up, and he is becoming, you know, a man, but he's still just a kid. He's been put in a situ in situations that no kid should be. Yeah. Like, and that's like, like you, like you talking about, like wondering, like why Peter's so like 
tied to like wanting this normal life. And it's, I think that's just cause he's at a certain point, he thought this was going to be something he would do at night. And then it just totally started to consume his life. And he's got this reluctance to let go of his life. And that's, I mean, and that's another thing with like, we'll get to it when they introduce the other Spider-Man is the way that they have both dealt with the balance of Peter and Spider-Man. And they both dealt with it very differently. And uh, I think that's a really, really interesting uh, point that they make with this, uh, this whole, you know, multiverse situation like how differently things can play out employee experience is about how you make your workforce productive no matter where or how i don't know where the audio is coming from um but go ahead sorry oh you're good was there like a noise or something yeah there there was a a random ad playing in the background oh um let's say i thought it might be my washing machine was like making noise or something um but yeah so uh I say, is that when, when, when he yells at him, that's when the, he fucks up the spell and has to clamp it down. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, since we're like so close to that, um, I, I, I just want to touch on Wong. Um, right. They, 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 they walked into the, yeah, you find out he's Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. He, he has to pull rank because obviously, uh, uh Dr. Strange got blipped out and he moves up in the rank and obviously just because uh strange got blip back in he doesn't get to take the title back so he yeah. has to accept that wong um you know is sorcerer supreme but he never really explains w- where he's going right he's just kind of like you just know that he's going somewhere i think he um it looked like he was going to um w- where did they learn uh where did dr strange learn his um his powers from where he goes with the the ancient one what? i are you talking about when they're uh are you talking about when they're training? Yeah. Um, All of them? I can't remember where that was. I feel like it was like somewhere in like the Middle East or some shit, though. Um, no, I'm going to look this up because this is uh, it's, it's Comertage, right? Comertage. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure that's where he's going, but they don't really explain why. All It's just funny because he's just, uh, he just seems so uh, kind of like... Annoyed. Annoyed because he, know, he knows that this is like probably not a good thing. So he's just like... Mm-hmm. He was just like, oh, he's like, all right. But it was kind of funny because uh, Strange uh, kind of gets him. He's like, oh, he's like, do you remember that party? It's so-and-so. And he's like, no. And he's like, exactly, because the spell worked. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wong's just like, whatever. So he just goes to the portal. So I was like, okay, Strange got him there. Um, yeah, and they totally misdirect in the fucking trailer. I don't know if you noticed that. No, which part? In the trailer, in the trailer they make it look like, like, uh, like Wong was like, don't do it. And he was like, fine i won't do it and then winks at peter there was no wink that was a totally fucking fake scene in the trailer mm-hmm. did not happen in the movie okay i, I guess there go was back. no there was no wink I'm, I'm not gonna do it it was pretty much known when wong left that fucking dr strange was gonna do it yeah but okay so yeah so uh you know peter and uh dr strange they they go down uh and he, he's uh you know pitching him the idea and and you know Strange is like, all right, cool. Like, let's do it. He, he he's down to to do some sorcery, which I was like, all right, this is pretty interesting that he's willing to, um, you know, have the whole world forget even himself. He's like, all right, cool. Like, if, if this is what you want, yeah. like, I'll do it. But then, obviously, um, going back to Peter Parker being a kid, he's uh, kind of fickle, and he's just like, he wasn't very clear on what he wanted exactly. So mid spell, he's like trying to change it. He's like, oh, like, uh, you know, uh, I I want you know. Uh, 
uh, MJ and Dad, Aunt May, to, to still remember. So, you know, on the fly, Doctor Strange is having to rewrite the spell and, uh, yeah. you know, he's like trying to fix it. But then uh, it, it just gets out of control and Strange has to contain it because it's just like, you know, it, it was getting out of hand. And you're just kind of like, huh, this is uh, pretty interesting. And you think there was no fallout from it, right? You think, okay, cool. He just had asked for too much and Strange got pissed and was like, all right, cool. I'm going to contain it. We're done. And then slowly you kind of realize that that's not the case right because um uh, after the the spell gets contained <laughs> steven asked him like did you did you even try to call to be like hey can we talk about this and peter's like i can do that like he doesn't even realize that that the um, that was an incredible scene yeah that he, he realizes in that moment that okay the rejection letter isn't the final say it's like oh i, I can, there's a i can call them i can try i can try to plead my case and uh you get them to change their mind and steven gets so mad because he's just like he's like he's like he's like why would you jump straight to me wanting to change uh you know the minds of everybody in the world and you haven't even thought yeah. to call and then that's where you know he, he reaches out to to flash and he finds out that um, the, the the chair lady, uh, you know, who was there is on her way to the airport, which, you know, we're about to lead into this epic scene where, like, we see all these, uh, you know, past villains come back. And I, I thought that was a you know pretty crazy moment because obviously Peter, uh, you know, finds the chair lady on the freeway. She's stuck in traffic, obviously trying to get to the airport. And as he's trying to convince her on why MIT should give Ned and MJ uh, like a, a, a fair shot, not even himself. He's just so selfless. He just cares about his friends. Right. Yeah. And then you just see, you know, people running towards him and he's like freaking out, like what's going on and then enters Doc Ock. And dude, uh, one of the funniest, one of the funnier parts of that scene. Um, and Ashton pointed out immediately cause she knows that it goes to show some fucking, I'm such a scumbag this didn't even occur to me and once once she pointed it out i couldn't unsee it um how wrinkled his suit was mm -hmm. when he's going to talk to her because it's been on underneath yeah. of his spider-man suit his suit looked like shit yeah it was so that shit fucking ruled i love that added touch that they just crumpled up his suit his suit looked like it had been shrink wrapped and then like like or like uh like in one of those like vacuum bags and mm. then let loose like it was so good um but yeah dude the doc ock fucking showing up was so sick how much of a scumbag is uh, that chair lady's driver right he dips out and leaves her leaves her locked in the back seat of the the suv and i'm just like wow Child locked in. yeah she, she was screwed but um yeah that, that doc ock scene went when, when he came out and and you kind of realize like holy shit like he like at some point um because from the trailers like you find out that he realizes that the spider-man he's fighting is not his peter parker so like i was just like yeah. waiting for that moment um and then obviously like when uh he has him and he you know uh you know he had already like absorbed some of the nanotech so his like chest was exposed yeah. and then he was about to you know deal a death blow but then his um nanotech you know goes from like his, from his face, the face mask to his chest to, to protect him and then that's when doc Ock realizes like you're not peter parker like like who are you and then you're like oh, okay this is it this is where things start to trickle in and as dude oh go ahead that that fucking fight scene with him and Doc Ock on the freeway mm -hmm. was so fucking good. Yeah, no, it, 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 visually it, incredible. 
like all the choreography for it. I know it was all fucking CGI. What the fuck ever. It looked fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It looked so fucking good. It really felt like a comic book fucking fight. Like the way all the terrain was utilized, the way like when Doc Ock was just throwing cars, when he was whipping those those tubes, those mm-hmm. concrete tubes at him, like it just it just the way everything about like how the how it was framed and all the choreography for for the moving in it looked so fucking good was so awesome i just could not have been more thrilled with how they fucking did that shit and it kind of gave me uh, a reminder of how powerful doc ock actually is because if you think about yeah. how advanced this spider-man suit is with the nanotech and uh even with his iron spider um you know yeah uh you know tech uh doc ock was still able to hold his own and uh, you know, could have had his way with uh, Spider-Man if it wasn't for the newer tech, right? He he's uh, right. He he yeah. he absorbed some of the the nanotech, but then Peter Parker being way smarter and the um, technology being um, you know uh, something that Doc Ock probably wasn't familiar with, but he was able to sync um, with Doc Ock's uh, you know tentacles because of the, uh, of the nanotech that he he absorbed and he was able to control Doc Ock, which I was like, oh, that that was really smart because I was wondering how he was going to get was out of it. So good, yeah. The fucking hand wave shit. That was so good. Yeah, and then obviously he he, he like con- um, has control now, and he uh, has Doc Ock restrained, and he gets to the top of the uh, freeway, saves the chair lady, and she says that she's gonna, um, you know, she called him a hero, right? Because because at that point everybody was looking at Spider Man. Well, the um, majority of people were looking at him as a villain, as a murderer. But then the chair lady was like, "You're a hero, like you saved me. Like I'm gonna put a good in word or put a, a good word in for you know MJ, Ned, and you." because you're a hero, like you saved me. And he was mm-hmm. like, he's like, it's not about me. And you know, he was still going on about how just focus on MJ and Ned. But then you see the the pumpkin bomb kind of rolling in and you're like, holy shit, here we go. And, and uh, at that point, I'm like, I thought we were gonna get a break, but uh, just right into another villain. And it, it's a, uh, you know, Green Goblin. And I was just like, this is, this is crazy. Cause I, I from the original Spider-Man, that was like my favorite villain. I was just like, yeah. so to see him back, I was like, this is, this is so sick. Um, but, but I, I loved, uh, you know, that scene, but, but then it cuts, I, I, I thought I, I, it took me a second too. Cause right. I'm, uh, th- that explosion happens and you see green goblin, but then it cuts to, you know, uh, Peter Parker being, um, back in the sanctum. Like, uh, I forgot what they called the undercroft, right? <laughs> remember, uh, Steven, uh, or tells Ned, he's like, yeah, he's like, you guys can go work in the undercroft and he's all excited, but it's all, you know, it's just like this weird, uh, you know, where the laundry is basement, and then, yeah, yeah, basically the, the basement, but yeah, uh, but it cuts to, you know, Peter being back in the undercroft and he's like look, looking around like, what the hell, like, where am I? And then you see Doc Ock uh, is in a cage. Uh, uh, Connors is also there, lizard man. And then Stephen Strange comes out and he's all beat up and, and is explained to speak. Uh, yeah, he's all beat up and he's explaining to, to, to Peter, like, what's going on, like some of the fallout of what happened when he casted that spell, how, um, other people from other, uh, you know, timelines have, had come because of, uh, basically what he said, like the last thing or the last time he tried to change the spell reader. He's just like, yeah, basically I want everybody to know, um, like, you know, who knew who Spider-Man was before to, to still remember. And that's what kind of brought everybody into the universe. And Which was such a good way to explain it. Yeah, I, and I, I thought it was brilliant. Phenomenal. When when they finally explained it, I was like, "This is fucking beautiful. This is just awesome. This is such a cool way to make this happen." Like, there's no like, because it centers it in this universe. Mm-hmm. It allows for so much option, and also like the idea that 
the idea when when things start like getting worse that more are coming because so many i saw so many uh like I've, I've seen people like questioning like well why isn't this person here he knew spider-man was like what was what were mj and like when stacy like would they have been pulled from from somewhere you know or whatever like 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 i wonder where where anybody else who knows peter and it's like well who's to say they weren't going to be there yeah it was just a matter of it, time it, it just it was just a matter of time and it was going to fuck everything up for them to get there like t- everything could have like the universe could have collapsed or completely ripped apart mm-hmm. all the universes could have completely ripped apart which um uh yeah i i saw god and we'll, we'll get later because i saw like uh, some like examinations on the movie and like different things they brought up and, and there's one thing i'm going to try to remember later whenever we get to the part but um but yeah no i really liked that like that explanation for why everything was happening was really cool um i also really liked how um how kind of curious doc ock was for what was going on Mm-hmm. like was- you could see like the science brain with him was like really really working like trying to like make heads or tails of how this shit works and what the fuck was going on it was very very interesting I really think uh, Alfred Molina I think he did a really fucking good job in the movie yeah and also I, I feel like this is one of those rare times where they were able to get you know the original actors and actresses to come back and it was just like perfect timing the fact that everybody was on board and they were able to to pull it off because you know who knows if it was later you know um, with people passing away whatever it was just cool that they were able to to make this work and bring people back. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Is the next thing the next thing is him getting sent out in the woods to? Yeah, but um, but there's one thing that that, that I quickly want to mention where um, uh, Stephen uh, you know uh, takes Peter's gauntlet and adds the yeah, the, the, the magic cool. like the, just like that 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 whole that that one scene just felt like okay this feels like I'm at the start of like a brand new video game right like here's his mm-hmm. mentor giving him like a brand new piece of equipment and here's your mission uh, you know go capture these people with just one shot and I'll transport them back here. I'm like, oh, cool. This is like an awesome upgrade that obviously watching the trailers and stuff, uh, you had no idea about. So yes. when, when he got that and then he was just, uh, oh, like one thing, I, I just want to bring MJ and Ned here to, I, I'm assuming to keep them safe, right? Because people, uh, yeah. you know, because I, I assume they were like in danger. So they're like, all right, cool. Like um, go work in the undercroft. And <laughs> I was just like, okay, that, that's cool that he wanted to bring them in, but also kind of uh, scary to leave um, MJ and Ned civilians right next to all the crazy villains i kept expecting them to be able to break out somehow and we're gonna be putting them in danger of them being there and yeah that didn't happen but like that was my first i thought that too i was like mm-hmm. really? invite your girlfriend to come hang out with some dude this is a fucking oct- like a, a fucking octopus and a dinosaur yeah like you're just, gonna just just shack up right next to him okay bud yeah, and I I do love that Ned kept calling uh, Connors, even though he was a lizard. Kept calling him like a a, a, a dinosaur, um, and and it was crazy too because like uh, for the uh, you know for the first couple times you saw, uh, uh, you know, lizard man, he, he didn't speak, and it wasn't until mm-hmm. uh, was it uh, till what's his name Jamie Fox's character until he showed up because uh, yeah, yeah, except to that point after he he gets his new gauntlet, he's like, all right, cool, like 
um, uh, Ned like scoured the, the internet and let's try to pinpoint, you know, sightings and we can go try to track these guys down. And then that's where he ends up in the woods. And then he comes across, uh, Jamie Foxx's character, uh, which I thought Electra. was, uh, I'm sorry. Electro. Yeah. Uh, Electro in, in the woods, which that was um, pretty interesting. Uh, because when he first sees him, he right he he he, he tries to capture him, uh, but doesn't realize that the the web goes right through his body because he, he he didn't have like his like you know physical form yet. And then he uh, sends a tree back, which um, uh, Ned touches <laughs> on, that, Ned touches on later. But um, but it's cool because I didn't even know because uh, uh, Sandman shows up to to help Peter, uh, and he's just like. Uh, he's like peter parker like you're you're good to me like 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 um i'm here to help you i'm like oh crap this is cool that uh you know uh former villain i loved i loved that his first instinct was to help him because sandman was not a bad guy yeah and um but i didn't even know he was gonna be in the movie right so this that was one I surprise i had a feeling because in one of those trailers you could see a bunch of like a cloud of sand and stuff and mm. i was like fuck if they're if they're bringing sandman back they better not recast him because he was the best part of Spider-Man three. So th- that was one person that took me by surprise. Like it was a pleasant surprise. So w- when he showed up, I'm like, hell yeah, this is fucking awesome. Uh, and th- that was um, a-, a cool moment to-, to see them come together. And it- it also with Peter having to explain, Hey, like, thanks for your help, but I'm not the Peter Parker, you know, um, but I'll explain later. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, all right, like let's fight him and, and we'll figure it out. Um, but it was funny when uh, they stop fighting when Peter takes out the power grid. So uh, Electro doesn't have his powers, <laughs> and uh, he's always standing there naked. Naked, and he, and he he even acknowledges to Sandman and Spider Man. He's like, he's like, are, are you guys going to even acknowledge that I'm standing here butt naked? And <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. And uh, Sandman was just like, he's like, yeah, like I, I I noticed. And Peter Parker was just like, can we change the subject? Uh, but then. Yeah, I uh, I'm trying to remember right now because because that's that's a moment that that's that's a moment in the movie that causes an issue later because once Sandman finds out that this isn't the Peter that he knows, mm-hmm. he starts to get like freaked out. He starts to get freaked out, and when he gets freaked out, that's when Peter zaps him and sends him back. Yeah, and it creates that it plants that seed of distrust in peter because mm-hmm. yeah because he, he he gets locked up when he was yeah. he was there in good faith trying to help yeah but then he's like okay for, for me to do this good thing i end up in a cage like this isn't this isn't yeah. what i that wanted. was that was a really crucial moment in the movie and i think they did a really good job of playing that moment and letting you see how betrayed he felt because he is not a fucking bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like he, a horrible thing happened to him and he is not a bad guy. And that was, he legitimately no, like no matter what people say about Spider-Man three movie is fucking garbage. He was not garbage. And he was fucking awesome. And like, I grew up watching wings. My parents loved the fucking show wings on USA. And he was one of the mechanics in it so like i grew up with that actor like on my tv as a child all the Mm -hmm. time so like when he got cast in that part like i was like oh that's so cool and then i don't know if i've really ever seen him in much else other than other than spider-man he did such a fucking good job in it it's such a shame that he's not in more shit but uh but yeah um 
I thought they did a really good job playing that part. Um, and I'm trying to think of what happens next. Is him going to is is uh, Goblin getting introduced? The next thing? Yeah, because it, it, it cuts to Goblin in the alleyway, and then he gets a call from Aunt May, like, "Hey, like, like one of the people you're looking for is here." So remember, he yeah. rushes from the Undercroft to. Uh, where Aunt May works, and this is where it's like right, like and, and, and like where I mentioned earlier, where there's like a moral decision that I I disagreed with because if uh, you know in that moment where Aunt May and uh, you know she's trying to help uh, Norman because uh, obviously clearly mentally ill, and she was just like, all right, Peter, like here's you know Norman, like try to help him. Uh, and at that point, he doesn't seem threatening at all, right? Because the, the the darkness inside of him is tucked away, not really acting out. And Peter tells Aunt May, like, "Yo, like, um, we got all the guys locked up. We're gonna send them back, uh, you know, to to, to their timelines. We're trying to fix this." And and then she suggests, like, "Oh, like, why don't you try to actually help them instead of just getting rid of them? Because you know where they go, they're not my problem." Yeah. And uh, he's like, they're not my problem. And this is where like Aunt May tries to, uh, you know, kind of be like, yo, like let's be a little more empathetic. Like let's not just, uh, you know, send them back to wherever. Like let's try to do what we do and help. And at that moment, I'm just like, fuck. Like obviously, um, he 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 was like, you know, wanting to to send them back. And then obviously she planted that seed, um, you know, to 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 kind of change his morale to to want to actually help these bad guys instead of just kind of sweeping them under the rug letting other people deal with it um and then it cuts to right um, them going back to uh, the undercroft and you know dr strange shows up and then dr strange uh, right dr strange um locks up uh, norman right he he zaps him mm-hmm. and that was another moment that was like probably unnecessary you don't need to lock them up if they're there of, of their own volition. Like, and that was like, that was another moment where I was like, fuck, that was another seed of, of fucking distrust being planted right there. And it didn't work. It didn't work because Norman stayed, stayed holding the reins through that. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, Willem fucking Defoe. Still killing it. Movie. Holy shit, dude legit like you even just talking about like him like him with Aunt May like I like am like all fucked up because it was so fucking sad yeah because he 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 didn't want it it was like out of his control right I know and dude like oh oh my god he just did such like they did he did so much more with this character in a movie with so many other characters than he did in the movie where he was the main villain. Mm-hmm. He was the main solo villain. Every other Spider-Man movie. Well, no, Doc Ock was a, was a solo villain mm-hmm. in, uh, in the second one. And then the third one was when they did Venom and, yeah. and Hobgoblin and fucking way too much. Um, but yeah, fucking with them doing so much with the third movie and then, but just the fact that what they did with, you know, Norman, Norman Osborn in Spider-Man OG and then what they did with Norman in Spider-Man, you know, No Way Home. So much more with his character. 
with the screen time he got. Like, I was legitimately devastated when Norman was, the way he talked, the way he, like, you just, he just seemed so broken. Yeah. He seemed so broken by what the other guy was doing when he was in control. And he seemed so scared, too. Like, it was so good in just, ah, oh, in the fucking, the, the hobo clothes. But uh, you, I, I like how the, the, the colorway, the right? The goblin clothes. Yeah. It looks like, oh, dude, that, that was so good. Like, that was so good. Like, when I saw him in the purple hoodie and whatnot, I was like, that's going to look so sick later. Mm-hmm. That is going to look so sick later. And when he broke his fucking mask, I thought that part was fucking awesome, too. I really, really liked um I really, really like the way they played um, Norman Osborn in this movie, and I think um, I think it was really, really cool um, the job Willem Dafoe did with it. But, um, but yeah, so he comes back, and is that the point when he snags the the box and runs? Yeah. So uh, uh, Doctor Strange is explaining, okay, like cool, like we're gonna yeah. send everybody back. And then Peter's having this moral dilemma where he's just like, he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, we can't just send him back because where they go, they're just going to die. Like, why, why can't we um, help them and try to change them? So when we send them back, they can uh, hopefully you know, you know, have a different fate. And I, I really like this quote by Dr. Strange because um, I'm like at, at this point in, uh, you know, of the movie, I'm on you know team Dr. Strange uh, and his quote, he says, in the grand calculus of the multiverse, their sacrifice means far more than their deaths. And having watched um, What If, and, and I, I, I did finish What If, but I, I never texted you. Um, but um, having watched What If, and realizing that you know uh, there, uh, you know these like absolute points that can't be changed, um, and and even um, obviously uh, being a fan for so long and seeing um, how. Uh, they got to their deaths, right? Because because Peter, um, in uh, you know from No Way Home, um, the you know that timeline, he he doesn't see how they got to the point of them becoming the villain, right? He's just seeing them as people and not really knowing what everybody else went through and how they ended up in these situations where they ended up, uh, you know, getting killed. So I'm just like with Doctor Strange, I'm like, oh, yo, like we got to send him back, like like we got to focus on our own timeline. There's so much shit because if we try to play. Um, you know, hero and God uh, with multiple universes, it, it, it's never going to end because you saw what happened to the, you know, Doctor Strange and the what if he he just went mad trying to save the love of his life, realizing that it just wasn't going to happen. She's always uh, she was meant to die and it yeah. got so bad. He turned evil and um, he had to get trapped. But it's just like I was like that moment. I'm like, yes, like, but Peter doesn't understand because he's obviously just so young and naive he just wants to do good because that's just what he does right and i'm just like come on like, i wish um but but, but it, obviously if uh, they want a doctor strange movie would end it there cool i'm um, still a good movie up to that point but right so doctor strange starts to do the spell to send them back and you're like you're kind of realizing holy shit peter parker's gonna be defiant and he's gonna go against doctor strange and Right, he's like doing the spell, and right before, um, it's like you know gonna come complete. You just see Peter, you know, whip it, you know, hit it with the web, and pulls it, and you're like, holy shit, this is crazy. And even like you know Ned and MJ are freaking out because um they they don't know like like what's going on, 
and then th- that, that crazy chase scene like ensues right peter parker and dr strange it's a good one too when he when he zaps dr strange with the gauntlet and puts him in the cell with the lizard uh-huh and or no yeah no but is it with the lizard yeah or no no no, no no he, he was with us uh, uh, sandman sorry is it sandman yeah. okay yeah yeah sandman puts him in the cell with sandman um and then immediately dr strange is looking at his face like motherfucker i did i gave him that like <laughs> like like the audacity of this fucking kid mm-hmm. to do that shit like that was that was such a fucking good scene but also at, at that moment i'm like wow peter got him but dr strange created this whole thing he just walks right out and yeah. and i was just like he, he's already on top of it you can't trap him in yeah. his own spell he, he, he just walks yeah. right out and i'm like he's he's the king he, he's he's so awesome but to, to to see peter try to escape and then obviously uh you know with strange uh, opening these portals and peter's like you know getting himself with the web and then they yeah. go then they go into like the um you know the mirror dimension and well fucking dr strange hits him with oh the, it knocks his soul out of his body so yo so there's a, there's an explanation for why peter was able to keep moving mm-hmm. if even without his soul in his body and um one of the so one of the there's like two explanations i heard for it is one is the spider sense is still active that uh, that's one that that i read Mm -hmm. another one is that the spider verse is a web and all of the spider-men are connected in this spider verse web like something about what spider-man is and what um like the reason why we have this like like the reason why the spider verse is the thing and it's not just and there's no like captain america verse mm-hmm. or iron man verse the reason why it's the spider verse is the thing is because all the spider-man are connected in this web across like the whole sphere so even when a spider-man's like not like this the 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 spider-man thing like um because it like goes into like the whole like spider god and all that shit that like is like real crazy lore about spider-man because all the spider-men are connected that like you like his his body is like essentially like connected to all the other spider-man even if he isn't possessing it so it was, i don't know it's a really wild like point that i saw that uh mm-hmm. this guy made and i was like i was like well that's fucked up but i honestly i think that might be a little too big brain for it i, I think it really the spider sense still still runs uh well if i'm being honest you're kind of blowing my mind with that second one because now i'm thinking you know cut to venom 2 post credits and the symbiote is explaining to tom hardy yo we're a hive mine across like 80 billion yes. years and that's the thing is mm-hmm. the um the hive mind go- spans universes too. yeah so yeah so, so I'm, I'm now i'm thinking like hey that that's like an explanation that's that, that sounds is like the a- explanation for how venom's there mm-hmm. apparently that is the explanation for how tom hardy venom ended up getting pulled into it is that the hive mind knows who peter parker, peter parker is because the symbiote that attached to toper grace in that abysmal portrayal that symbiote knew who peter parker was mm-hmm. yeah brilliant by the way so I, 
un- like legitimately no other word for it. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, so so this whole separates, and yeah, and, and then um, so so Peter's like you know separated from his physical, and Doctor Strange is like, all right, cool. This is the moment where I get the the cube back. And he, he can't get it. And you're right. His body is just going like, you know, just dodging him, uh, which was like pretty awesome. And even Dr. Strange is flustered. He's like, how is he doing this? Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, the, the chase, uh, ensues, which is, uh, which is uh, pretty crazy because right. Uh, Dr. Strange was like, oh, this is, this is my realm. Like I control everything that goes on here, but somehow with, uh, you know, uh with math this this kid this nerd right he's just like oh he's like i recognize like these patterns dude and they did such a good job with making it look like that was the fucked up tearing of the universe too in the trailers Mm -hmm. like they make it look like the spell goes haywire and then all of a sudden they're in a train and they're flying through the canyons and all this shit and it's like no dr shane's just being a fucking asshole like it made it look like they were like together in this thing in the yeah. trailers and in reality dr strange is chasing peter the whole time yeah he, he was trying to trap him have home field yeah. advantage <sighs> but then peter yeah, just was- yeah peter outsmarts him and and uh, you know ties him up and uh takes his ring which was smart because he's just like all right cool like let me just leave him here for a little bit <laughs> takes his ring and gets the box and then goes back uh to mj and ned and he kind of explains to him like, "Hey, like, uh, we gotta, we gotta try to help them," and and he he gives Ned the the ring, which I thought was uh, you know pretty interesting because obviously he could easily given it to MJ, but but I, I think they're like obviously like alluding to something because throughout the film, right? Um, even when well, Ned Ned says it to him earlier, he says, "My my, my grandma always said I had like magic in me." Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, you should go see your your physician or or um, or." But whatever, and because Doctor Strange doesn't want to hear it, he's just like, "Dude, you're just some normal civilian. Like, I'm the sorcerer. Yes. Uh, like, like, don't even try. Like, you know, you're just talking nonsense." But obviously, like throughout the movie, they they just kind of sprinkle in these little things with Ned, um, which I think uh, was awesome. Um, and, and now I'm trying to remember after that, right? Um, he. Uh, he, he he comes back, but then he, he explains to all, all the villains, like, hey, like, I want to help you guys. Like, I don't want to just send you back to die. Like, like I want to help you guys and send you back so you guys can have a, a, a different ending. And the, the, and then they all kind of go through, right? They're like, oh, like, you know, we all got here um, you, because, like, we were beating up Spider-Man. But then kind of, like, yeah. they all, like, recall, like, their last moments where, um, yeah, they were in these, like, fights with Spider-Man, but then they can't remember like you know actually winning because then they kind of slowly realize like oh shit we do die because like we're in these moments but then we end up here and then they all start talking well they all start corroborating that they die yeah like um uh uh octavius is able to corroborate that that norman dies Mm -hmm. and um uh sandman's able to corroborate that octavius dies Mm -hmm. and uh um, Electro is able to corroborate that Connors dies, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so like they all start. Then, so then they all kind of realize, like, oh shit, well fuck, I guess I definitely died too. Like they're all the last ones in the line are left to figure out, like shit. And even like um, Sandman can remember that he was helping Spider-Man. Yeah, is the thing, and now he knows he dies, which. Um, 
which is really, really interesting. So I'm, uh, yeah, I really, really liked how they did that. And then them all fucking walking past Happy's ring camera was really funny. Yeah, so like they all like they all agree, but they're 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 kind of skeptical, right? Because they're just like, oh, all right, like what's the worst that's gonna happen? Like we we either get sent back and die, or we can take a chance on this kid to see if he can actually you know change um, the the course of our lives. And yeah, the, then they go back to Happy's uh, condo, um, and they're all like walking past the ring camera, and obviously everybody's fine except for like when Electro walks by, kind of like you know statics and like you know because yeah. of his powers um, and they're they're obviously all skeptical which i i would have been too because to, to, to think and, and even how dangerous it was to have all those villains just you know free all in one concentrated area i was like oh, i was like i don't know if this is going to go over well but obviously yeah. with uh peter and, and he he's in happy's apartment and the only reason why he he thinks he can help fix him is because i'm happy has this uh, Stark Tech, uh, like fabricator that he, he, he kept. Um, so he's like, all right, cool. Like, let's just try, try to fix this. And the first person that they try to, um, help is, uh, Doc Ock, um, which him and, uh, Norman Osborn are, are able to, you know, uh, make a new chip to, to, to replace. It's really sweet. That seems really, really sweet because you can see Norman kind of looking at Peter and remembering. Like, like Toby Maguire, Peter. Yeah, like the, the like his past relationship with. Because even says even says if you ever find yourself in a different universe, you've got a job. Mm-hmm. Like, like which is which was how he treated, you know, Toby Maguire's Peter. Like you really really see, and that's the dude. It just bummed me out so much the way like because I feel like even in uh in the um in the the original Spider Man. They didn't, they played Norman as more of like kind of a, like, I do remember like, it seemed like he favored Peter over Harry mm-hmm. and that created like a little bit of uh, friction between their friendship because it seemed like Norman was like more concerned with Peter's like brilliance because Harry was kind of a fuck up. Um, but um, they made him kind of like, they, they, they sort of like really focused in on him being kind of like a cold like like absent father sort of thing like only concerned with his work and whatnot and um they did a a way more gentler version of norman in this i feel like then the you know kind of colder version of norman who wasn't really like a very good father or anything and um and i really thought those scenes were really really were really really sad because while it's playing and you see like oh this is so cool that they're all working together and all this and I know it's going to fucking fall apart. Like the whole time you're just like watching that other shoe, just waiting for it to drop, knowing it's going to drop and it's going to fucking suck. Yeah. And like, I think they did a really good job of playing that distance between like, like letting you linger there on the edge, knowing you're going to fall, but well, not know when you're going to fall. And, and even, and and, yeah. and even the way that, that they kind of split everybody up, right? They had um, uh, Norman and Peter with the fabricator trying to, you know, create the solution. Doc Ock is obviously still in his restraints, uh, being so negative about the whole situation. And yeah. Then, and then you have Electro in Sandman's ear, like, yo, like, like, you really think this is going to work? Like, 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 what's going on? And you're just like, damn, they're Sandman and Electro are, are definitely scheming. 
And I was so like, they got me because I was like, okay, these guys are going to be a problem. Like Electro is going to be the person that they need to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. Right. So then they go and fix Doc Ock, right? They, they, they implant the, the new chip. Um, and it, it, it works right to, to everybody's surprise. Um, even Doc Hawks, he's like, Oh, like I, I, like I, I feel fine. Like the noise is gone and he just, you know, right. His, his tune has changed. He, he's not so negative. He's just like very calm. And then he, well, he's, him and Norman have that moment where they kind of come together and they're like, Holy shit. Like, what's up my friend? Like mm-hmm. I haven't seen you in so long. Like it's so good. Like you really, like you see that like, Doc Ock was like so poisoned by like that, like mistake. Mm-hmm. It like totally like affected him even being him anymore. Yeah. Cause like uh, basically th- those things kind of made him do like a lot of bad. Cause right. Cause remember mm-hmm. with like the red lights, that's how you knew that the tentacles were in control and not the doctor. Yeah. Um, so he gets fixed and then they're like, Oh sure. Like this kid could probably actually do it. And then, they're working on uh you know norman's cure right and at that moment when his spidey sense goes off i'm like this is it this is fucking it and then it kind of and then right it's well there's a moment there's a moment with norman um before oh my god uh, my cat might walk in front of the camera in a second that's fine um he's right here <laughs> what's up jj um uh but um no don't drink my water you fucking asshole get the fuck out of here JJ's thirsty. No, he just sees a cup and he would he'd rather drink that than his fucking bowl. He's a fucking butthead. Alright. Out of here, dude. Um uh but um but yeah, there's even a moment where like you see that Norman like go away. Mm-hmm. Like there's a moment when they're working where like something happens and I can't remember what it was. But uh, you see a shift with Willem Dafoe, and you're, and you know, you're oh, like, he, oh, fucking goblins here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he, you you see him from the back, right? You you, you see his back. Mm-hmm. He's riding, he's riding on yeah. the board, um, and he just kind of stops. Oh, for and a second. He, he, I think he says, "Just me," because yeah, because Doc Ock is talking to him, and he's like, "Just me," and. Um, and I didn't catch that when it, when I was watching it. I, I had to, um, you know, I, I did like a, a, a review of it, and then that's when it was kind of explained to me. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. that okay, because I missed that part. So when uh, Spider uh, Spider Man or Peter Parker's Spidey sense was going off, and he was like kind of going through the apartment like Aunt May, Aunt May, and I'm waiting for somebody to pop out. And I obviously at that point, if you caught that, you know, th- that one line, you knew that it was uh, Norman that uh, you know Green Goblin well, was there. Well, the thing is, they were playing. Uh, they were playing a um, like a fucking. They were doing a bait and switch with you too because you knew that J. Jonah Jameson was there too. Yeah, outside. Yeah, they had shown that he was there. So when this, when his spidey sense is going off, I was like, "Fuck!" Is like someone about to like pop in and like like you know like fuck everything up and like find all these monsters in his fucking house. Mm-hmm. And then when it when he fucking webbed norman i was like oh that was just him catching that the goblin was here yeah like that was just him noticing the difference in the air with the fucking with the goblin because i think the um i don't know it i don't know if they ever really explained it but i don't know if when norman's in control norman has the super like the super strength and all the different things that goblin's capable of 
I, I, I think so. I, I think that becomes clear when there's the fight scene with him and Peter, because when he's like power bombing him through the different floors, I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if when uh, Norman's in control. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Capable. I don't know if Norman's capable of the super power of the super strength and all the super serum stuff that, um, that Goblin's capable of. I don't know if it's like a true Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation where you know dr jekyll doesn't have the power that mr hyde has mm -hmm. i would say no but they are the same guy all yeah the time. but mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it, but it's like you know one of those things where it's like even if norman osborne had all the strength and all the stuff would he does he have the temperament to really even be the person who would you know put like do that stuff with it at least this version of norman osborne because i know in the fucking comics like norman osborne's kind of a fucking asshole like um like he fucking like he he becomes like a dark iron man at one point so um but uh but yeah so yeah so that's that's the spot where fucking goblin just kind of comes in the picture and fucks everything up for everybody and oh man you're right so he he just like you know uh starts all the chaos which yeah. there's like holy shit things are popping off and and also yeah like you mentioned earlier you have in the back of your mind that uh you know joe jonas is outside trying to capture spider-man as this villain and you're like shit this isn't gonna end well because he's with like the whole mob of villains and like it's going to be easy to, to to paint him to make and, him look like a bad guy when literally the dude who just the, the two guys who just destroyed an expressway earlier today are just hanging out in his crib yeah and so this giant fight ensues right because uh basically everybody scatters except for norman Goblin. and uh peter they're fighting and he he, he tells aunt may he was just like he's like run and, and for some reason um which i i was I, I never really clearly understood she grabbed the serum that they had um developed for norman um maybe she felt like maybe like a special bond with him since he came to her um at, at the very beginning but she grabbed it and she she took off right so so she's um you know uh trying to get out of the building so you, you kind of realize like oh holy shit like this fight between peter and norman and aunt may they're on this like collision course and you're just like fuck what's gonna happen and, and if i'm gonna be honest uh the the night after the hollywood premiere i um you know uh, got up for work and i'm like all right let's go time i want to know every spoiler but everything that i'm reading i don't know what's real because there's no real confirmation it's just um you know it could be you know these trolls saying random shit or it could be real stuff nobody really knows until we actually all go watch the movie and on this long laundry list of spoilers i remember somebody posted uh aunt may dies and i'm just like huh that, that's a really interesting death because um t to me i'm um, you know he already you know like the loss of uncle ben was already there so i'm like does he really need like another loss because he just lost tony stark somebody who's really important to him so i'm like no way his aunt may die and and honestly i was the last one to watch it out of like um like my uh you know friends uh who had seen it and honestly, i, I don't want to ask you about spoilers because obviously you and i were going to do this but all my other friends who watched it they were like yeah we we saw the movie it was awesome and the first thing that i asked was did aunt may die and nobody wanted to tell me um if it was true or not so i'm like okay i still don't know but then when i was finally sitting in the theater watching it, i'm like holy shit 
if it if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen here so i was trying yeah. to like brace myself and i was like how's it gonna happen and even right so peter and goblin fight they eventually get to the lobby aunt may's there and then um when she gets hit with the glider i was like oh like yeah she like she got hit with the glider but i didn't think that was it right because she's it kind of it looks Dude, like that glider fucking whooped her ass man but but I, I feel like it was so quick and they didn't focus on her getting hit because they cut right so i'm like okay maybe she just got knocked over right so i thought i, I thought there was just like kind of like a like a, just to kind of get her out of the way type of thing and then even when uh norman threw the pumpkin bomb uh, peter kind of hit it um and you know whatever the, there was some like you know, obviously they, they took some splash damage but still i didn't think that was gonna kill her right because obviously it, it, it didn't kill her because she was still alive after that but then when they're kind of like standing and talking i'm like oh something doesn't seem right about her i was like i think that glider did way more damage than i had initially thought and then that whole thing plays out and i was like motherfucker dude i don't want that to be true that was the one dude. spoiler that i read that i did not want to be true yeah, no, and especially because, dude, like, I mean, just a couple years ago, we played that fucking Spider-Man game, and we lose Aunt May in the Spider-Man game too, and like watching her die, I was like, "Fuck, I've already, I've already cried about this during a video game," like, and like, un like, I didn't really cry for her death either. Like, I was already kind of like, I was, I was all fucked up over like, you know, the great power, great responsibility, the fact that they gave her that line, which I like like i will say this so so spider-man spider-man no way home does a lot of fan service they do a lot of they do a lot of things that like you you're like oh shit they're gonna do this and then they do it and it's never like a oh shit they're gonna do this you know i roll it's like a, oh shit they're gonna do this and i want this and then they do it and i'm happy I yeah. Got it. Yeah. It, it never, never felt forced. It never felt forced. And it also always felt genuine. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel corny. It didn't feel fucking shoehorned in. It was really like they gave us a ton of really, really awesome moments in this movie that I will fucking continue to remember because they were really fucking impactful and they were really, really like nice honest like moments of acting and performance and dialogue like everything about it was just so exactly what i wanted from the movie and um and yeah man and just such a good like like i don't know dude it's just the way they did that whole scene was so fucking powerful and i was so fucking i like i wasn't like i didn't cry because aunt may died but i was so sad for peter yeah like, he, that was his, like some like you because you know like like when you lose a character sometimes you cry because you feel like you've lost this character mm -hmm. but sometimes your friend loses a family member and you don't cry because their family member died but you're so sad that they're sad yeah and that's how aunt may dying felt it felt like i watched my I'm watching my friend go through losing someone and I'm just really sad that they're in so much pain. And for me, I was just like, not a, to me, it was like, not again. Right. Cause obviously with him and Tony with Endgame, and that one fucked me up because I'm like, 
you know, huge Iron Man fan. And for him to be the one that had to go, I was like, oh, no, this fucking sucks. But, it, you know, but it, it, this is like, you know, strange. Yeah. So all, all the different outcomes and this had to be it. So to, to, to have Peter and Aunt May in the lobby, right, and rubbles and, you know, shit's all fucked up. And to see him having to hold someone else that means so much to him and have them basically die in his arms again. And you're just like, fuck, dude, this guy is going to be mentally fucked up. This is just so wrong that he has to keep going through all this, right? And it, it, it was bad enough, right, that all that should happen. And then cut to the scene where Happy pulls up and you see the shot of Happy looking into the, the lobby and he sees the fucking Aunt May. And obviously, like, they'd broken up, but still he fucking has love for that that woman. And he sees Peter, someone who he's kind of having to, like, you know, look after because, of you know, Tony Stark kind of left him in his care. And you're just like, fuck. And then he he, he, he plays his part, right? He's like, um, he gets out, puts his hands up, but he's telling, he's screaming at Peter. He's like, run, Peter, run. And you're just like, fuck, dude. This whole scene fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, because he cares so much about Peter, too. Yeah, yeah, because because he was there in the early days and saw this, you know, this, this kid who just kind of got pulled into this crazy world, and he just wants to see him do good as well. Yeah. No, dude, that part was so fucking good and just... And God, I mean, from there, dude, the movie just fucking takes a crazy turn. Oh, man, dude. Oh, when, um, because obviously Peter's going through his shit, right? So he, he has to take off and everybody's trying to get hold of him, right? Because Ned and uh, MJ are watching on the news that like this shit is like going down and they're like, what the fuck? Where's Peter? They're trying to call him. No answer. No answer. And um ned's kind of you know doing these hand motions and it's like what the hell like what's going on with these like sparks and he's like oh he's like maybe i can open a portal and right and, and at this moment you're like no way is ned going to be able to um, open a portal?" and, and uh, mind you they're at ned's uh, grandma's house um and you're like no he's going to be able to open a portal because like you got to go through special training we saw what strange had to go through just to be able to to learn to do that and dude i saw a really good explanation of why ned's able to do it too Oh, tell me, because I, I haven't seen one. He's so easygoing. Oh, okay. So much of so much of magic, like, you realize uh, the way Doctor Strange goes about, like, trying to, like, become, like, a sorcerer or whatever, he's trying to force it. Yeah, he he's was trying like, to make it. He was, like, hyper-focused. He wanted to fix yeah, his he's hands. trying to make it happen, and mm-hmm. Ned's just such a, like, just, you know, whatever, man. Like, one of the things they point out is how he's able to get that girlfriend in in far from home mm-hmm. like he starts dating the girl on the plane yeah on the plane's like super chill just like and like and then they break up at the end of the thing and he's just like oh, yeah he, he's still chill like like he's not he's like heartbroken so like that was one of the things they point out about it and it's like it's like it makes sense that ned would be able to do that because he's so willing to just kind of go with it mm-hmm. and he's not um he's not uh he's not pessimistic he's not nihilistic he's not um he's not even like really like arrogant or anything. Like he just kind of, is just like, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a dude, you know, dude's rock energy. Like he's just, he's just kicking it. And, uh, and that was the, like a, a good explanation I heard for why Ned's able to just kind of like take to magic easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. But when, uh, him and MJ are, are having trouble contacting Peter, she's like, Oh, I, you know, like try to open a portal. And then he was just like, he's like, all right, he's like, find Peter Parker, right? And then, um, like, the portal opens, and you see this Spider-Man in the alleyway, and I'm like, 
holy shit is this is this it and like i'm i'm like bracing myself like holy shit like this is gonna be it this is this is where they come in right and sure enough right um in comes the spider-man and he's tall yeah he's he's taller and you're and, and then you realize like this isn't our peter parker and then you're like holy shit this is an, from another universe right and then um obviously uh, he takes off his mask and, and you see that it's andrew garfield and i'm just like i never thought i'd be excited to see this motherfucker i was so happy and for for mj to be grilling him like like preview spider-man and then he like, kind of hangs from the roof and she's like crawl around and he's like no <laughs> he's just like no i'm not gonna crawl around um and, and then Ned's grandma asks him to get that yeah get get the cobweb out of the corner so so he ends up he ends up crawling and then he's like he's like is is that is that fair and uh they're just kind of like oh shit this is uh this is not our spider-man this is kind of like weird and then they're like all right try it again and i'm like no way they're gonna try it again because i thought they were gonna try to maybe space out I'm um, seeing Andrew oh, yeah. and, and Toby, but then they're like, try it again. And he's like, okay. So he tries it again, but this time the portal opens up behind Ned. And then you see Toby Maguire. And at that moment I lost it. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Dude, our theater was freaking the fuck out. I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. I was because, because it, it just felt like it brought me back to like, you know, those early days where I'm like, wow i'm so happy that i was able to to to, to live through the you know the toby mcguire era the andrew garfield area and then now here we are with tom holland and it, it, like i said earlier like it feels like this is just like paying off to have been, to, to have been a fan for so long they're they're just making us all so excited and so happy and it's so brilliant right because even back then um like they didn't think that there was going to be this mcu this um uh, no, the, the thought of a multiverse wasn't even um, on anybody's radar because nobody knew how big this was going to get way back then. So, so for them to be able to tap in the fourth Spider-Man movie that never was, was going to be fucking sick though. I can't remember everything there was to do with it, but I'm pretty sure they were going to do the sinister six in that movie. Yeah. Like that was one thing that he was trying to build up for. And Mm -hmm. he didn't want to do venom until the movie after that one okay but they forced him to put venom in that movie yeah. he wasn't going to do venom and we saw how that turned sandman out. was going to be the main villain sandman and, and uh, uh and harry goblin were going to be the the main the main villains they made him put venom in it and that's why he didn't do a very good job with it but yeah but to, to, to see toby walk in and you're yeah. here's like this, this holy shit moment you're like all of our Spider-Mans are here in one universe, one timeline. This is insane. And then it, it was funny to see Toby and Andrew go at it, right? They start, um, you know, uh, throwing their uh, spidey webs at each other because they're not sure. Dude, that's my favorite. That's That might be my second favorite scene in the movie. Okay. And it's the fact that the first thing they do when they trade, when they trade off for a second is... Uh, Toby Maguire takes away Andrew Garfield's webs. Mm-hmm. He goes. He goes right for his. Uh, right for it. Yeah. He goes. Oh, taking taking that away, and it's just the 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 amount of experience that he clearly has, and how much of a smarter, more tactical Spider-Man he is because of how old he is. Mm-hmm. That he's able to just nerf Andrew Garfield immediately. Yeah. With that. 
and just just clock that and think, oh, that's the thing. There it is. And that's such a Spider-Man thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Spider-Man's looking for the points where he can target somebody to do it quick. Like, because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to, like, he's always pulling his punches. Yeah. Like, he's not trying to kill anybody. Like, he's, like, I don't know. And I thought, I thought I really, really appreciated that. I thought that was a really, really smart way to make that fight go for less than five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then cut to Ned's grandma telling them to, to clean up clean the mess. Yeah, to clean up the, the webs that they shot. <laughs> and then the way Andrew Garfield starts like standing things back, like picking things up in the kitchen, like trying to straighten up was so good. Yeah, that was yeah that was like yeah that whole scene was so awesome to to to, to bring those two to the screen, and then obviously with them kind of realizing holy shit like they're are other spider-man like you know or uh, you know in other universes so th- they start trying to figure out you know where their peter parker is and then obviously th- they start brainstorming like oh like you know are there any places like you know he likes to go to be alone and then obviously toby and andrew trade off like their their favorite places was the empire state building and the capitol building um no the chrysler oh, excuse me uh, chrysler building um yeah and then uh, then uh, luckily MJ, she has like a, a you know like like a moment. She's like, oh yeah, like I know exactly where he would be to to, to do that. And you know, cuts back to um, uh, uh, Peter on top of the school. Right, he, he's on the roof, just sitting there crying, just still beat up and bloody. And I, I I just love that moment, right? That he has these two people who would like who would do anything for him, right? They just go and they just embrace him. And the way the way they both walk over and hug him is so good. The way MJ like like just like crouches down over him and like covers him up, mm-hmm. and the way Ned comes in from the other side, like that just that scene was so fucking good. Like the way they shot it was so good. Like the the way they like because they like framed in on like how their bodies were, like how close they like held him and like and just like encapsulated him to like try to protect him and make him feel like and just the way he just cried into them was so fucking good and that was my thing like dude that part made me feel more emotional than aunt may dying Mm -hmm. was like because like i have like like my like emotional like um like the way the way I react emotionally to like film and like television is like like when things are sad I can I can cry for like a sad thing, but more than anything I cry for like love. And when something's like incredibly like um, like love and connection and like like caring and like all those like kind of like super fucking like you know wimpy feelings. Of just like you know like but like that that's the stuff that like really fucking gets me like feeling something is like when you see people like like who just truly like care about another person more than anything else in the world and um and that was such a fucking sweet moment and then just the whole bonding moment over loss on that rooftop but so awesome what i really like too is um what what also like i think what made me emotional because in that moment in that shot it it made me realize like like in in terms of um uh 
like normal life, right? Not like this superhero world. Ned and MJ is all that he has left, right? Because Aunt May is gone. Um, uh, you know, Happy's getting arrested. Tony's dead. Um, it's like that's it, right? Just like all he has right now is just his friends, and they're embracing. But then you see Peter; he he kind of can't really enjoy the moment because his his spider sense is going off. So you see him look up, yeah. and he's trying to like you know he thinks another attack is coming because he's still probably in this like fragile state. He w- just watched his, his, his aunt, uh, you know, die. And, you know, as he's like standing up to like, try to you know go into battle again, MJ is trying to explain to him like, yo, like, no, these are like, you know, other you know friends from like other universes. And then there's like, you know, you see the silhouettes of uh, Toby and Andrew Garfield, like hanging off of just like that, that part of like the, the structure. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool because like, we're about to see, all three on screen at the same time and and then yeah and then it's just like they're trying to explain to to peter like like yo like we know what you're going through and he's like obviously very emotional is trying to tell them like no you're like you don't know but it isn't until uh toby mcguire finishes the line that aunt may was saying to him and they kind of break down to him like yo like like we've gone through some serious loss in our universe and then it wasn't until that moment where peter's like holy fuck like like and then i feel like that's when he starts questioning like if he did the right thing by trying to you know help the villains right because he kind of realizes that like this loss is happening um you know in in every timeline like maybe um you know those guys were bad but and then like just the fact that like he's trying to help them and then immediately the other peters are like yeah i mean i've thought about wishing i could have helped them like they they always wish they could have helped them. Mm-hmm. Like they all were trying to help them. Like even when Norman kills himself with his glider, Peter's trying to to help him. Yeah, he, he didn't go there to kill him. When him and Octavius are, you know, in that fight at the end of Spider-Man 2, he's still trying to help Otto. He's still trying to, to save him. He's just is his mentor it's his like it's his father figure at the moment he's like he like cares about him a lot and um and i mean given he doesn't really have like a connection to sandman but i mean he's trying to help sandman and sandman knows he is he sees that he's not a bad person Mm -hmm. and like um and like all these different like 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 andrew garfield like the mistake he makes in uh in the amazing spider-man 2 which the biggest mistake in that movie was that they had three villains in it and uh, possibly that they made the movie in the first place. Um, but uh, the mistake he makes is that he, you know, neglects this nice, this nice guy who's, you know, kind of a loser who, you know, is kind of obsessed with Spider-Man and he neglects this guy and, you know, turns him down a road where he, you know, possibly if he had been more empowered and felt powerful in his life, he might not have become so power hungry once he had power. And like, you can tell like all, all like both of them are like super remorseful for all of the people that they've lost. Not only the people who they loved, who they lost, but the people who they couldn't save. Mm -hmm. 
because they're not like they were never out to, to actually kill anybody. They were trying kill to, anybody. they're, they're always just trying to, to better the situation and they wanted to, 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 to help and to do good. Mm -hmm. And I think that was such a cool moment where like, and that's my thing where like, like realizing that, Oh my God, like the mentor Spider-Man's been looking for this whole time is him. Yeah. He, he's hearing it from himself from these other, um, obviously the, the, these other timelines, but yeah, but it's all, it's all from within. And I think, and I think that's such a cool thing. Like even like in the, in the, uh, into the spider verse with, uh, with miles Morales and, and Peter and, and all those, and all those different, uh, versions of Spider-Man it's, um, and women, um, it's like this whole idea that like, they're always, you know, losing a, a mentor, they're losing a father figure, they're losing a, a mother figure, they're losing this like person on a pedestal who they see as this, you know, aspirational good. And then there, there's always this vacuum of like, well, who's going to fill this void? And I feel like, the, like, it could be you. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can fill that void for yourself. You can just, you know, just follow your heart and, and all the, you know, your moral compass that is good because you are good intentioned and just do the right thing. I don't know. I just think that's such a, uh, that's such a cool message for the movie. Yeah. It, it was such a great moment um, for them to all come together and kind of to, to me, it was just so legendary, but then obviously from there they have to go and try to fix the problem because now all the villains have, have turned and there's like, fuck, all right, like how can we, you know corral them and it's like we got to send them back right because obviously they they um, tried to fix them but uh, shit went haywire so they're like, our plan b we got to send these guys back to where they came from uh let's figure it out and they i'm sure where did they hide the box that whole time was it just still at strange's or was it at ned's grandma's because um Oh no, uh, he, he gave it to Ned and he told them to, or he gave it to MJ and said, MJ, you gotta keep this safe. Okay. They, they have it the whole time. Okay. And then I, I, and like up, up until this point, um, obviously, uh, Andrew Garfield is in his suit. Uh, Peter Parker's in his suit. And, uh, what, what did, um, uh, Andrew that happens, that happens when they're, uh, they, so they go back to, they go back to a happy's bachelor pad, which also, Man, a really funny part that, that we blew right past earlier when Happy's driving home mad that he's got all these monsters in Oh his condo, in yeah. The bachelor pad he's calling, he's trying to leave a message and he's like he's like this hell it's like there's like a dinosaur in a, like a mud man. He's like, Who's in my house? It's very good. But yeah, no, they go back to Happy's uh Happy's bag is they have to make all the gizmos to to turn everybody back. Oh no no no! I think no. They, 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 I think they just go downstairs into the high school. No no, they go back to Happy's. Oh no, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, they are in a lab. Yeah. Right. Yeah yeah, because they're at the they're at the desk to wanna do that part when uh when MJ's like smiling and he's like what and she just says it's three U's mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it was uh comedy when uh, ned obviously he wants because he, he sees that there's three other you know peters in, in the other universes so he's like talking to 
uh, to uh, Toby McGuire. He's like, so he's just like, um, he's like, wow, like who's your best friend? <laughs> and then he, he explains to me, he's like, oh, he's like, my best friend tries to kill me in, in my universe. He dies in my arms. Yeah. And then Ned's just like, oh. And then you just kind of see, he, he's just kind of like, just like, oh shit. Like, and now I, I feel like he was like kind of running through the scenarios in his head. Like, like what would it, or how would we get to the point where I'm trying to kill Peter and then I end up dying in his arms. And, uh, there's that scene where like, obviously like, uh, Peter asks him, say, Hey Ned, can you, you know, uh, like, you know, whatever, do whatever on, on the computer. And he kind of just like, just like walks away and Peter's like, what the hell? Like he just has no idea. But like, obviously Ned's just like, you know, tripping out cause uh, he hears about, uh, uh, you know, Tobey Maguire's best friend trying to kill him. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was very funny. They did they just, it did a really good job. This one felt very, very funny without feeling like it was just trying to be like a goofy comedy mm-hmm. like a lot of the a lot of the i really really enjoyed the humor and uh in no way home but it was um uh, it was cool to see them kind of divvy up like you know who was going to do what um and toby yeah, to- toby mcguire was like you know he's like i've been thinking about this a long time Mm-hmm. It, like you know to, to create a serum to, to to cure norman so you're like oh damn like because like I, I never really thought about what they did afterwards right because we just kind of you know trilogies over uh you know amazing spider-man you know got canceled or whatever so you kind of like i just never thought that you know that they were actually continuing obviously like in their own universe um in my mind it, it just ended where the movie ended but to hear and to you know uh, have them speak about like what was going on with their lives afterwards. I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was really, really sick. I really liked the, uh, in, in, in Andrew Garfield was like, I've cured Connors before. Like he knew exactly what to do mm-hmm. to fix him. Um, and then, uh, yeah, no, that was, that was really, really good. I'm trying to think of, cause there was so much in that scene. That isn't the scene where they talk about the webs. Is it? I, I I think so, yeah, yeah. Because they, they ask him, they're like, like, it just comes out of your body, yeah. And <laughs> it was just like this awkward moment because obviously with uh, uh, with Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, they have like like these mechanical web shooters yeah. that they they create their own web, but with uh, Tobey Maguire, he produces it in his body. And <laughs> and Tom Holland asked him, like, does it come out of like other holes? <laughs> And then like, I was just laughing because obviously, like, you know, other holes were thinking of like, you know, yeah, um, that's good. and then uh, Toby's like, no, just just these ones. And, you know, he just quickly shut that down. That was a comedy. That was very, very funny. But yeah, so I'm trying to think right now. So is I think is the youth, pa- the cool youth pastor thing is like the next thing that happens. Yeah, because uh, Andrew Garfield asked him, he's like, oh, he's just like, uh, he's like, you're dressed like a cool youth pastor. He's like, but where's your costume? But then he kind of pulls his collar down. And I'm like, yes, he, he has it. Cause like, yeah, cause the whole time he, he was the only one that wasn't like suited up. So I was like, when is he mm-hmm. going to get in his suit? But luckily um, he, he, he had it on the whole time, which I, I thought was awesome. Classic. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's a uh, fucking, um, that's classic to his movies too. Cause he always had it on under his clothes yeah. at all time. He never knew when he'd need to, to jump out and be Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And, oh my God. That I realized. So, um yeah so when they're when they're talking about loss earlier in it like because he talks about losing uncle ben and andrew garfield talks about losing gwen um uh but uh anime i guess he lost uncle ben too 
Um, but uh, they, um, when they're um, when they're talking, I can't remember if this is on the statue yet, or if it's when they're in the lab. But they start talking about because don't they don't uh, don't they talk about if yeah no they're um, they're looking at Peter interacting with um, with MJ and they you know ask like you know, I think um, Toby McGuire asks Andrew Garfield do you have do you have someone mm-hmm. and he says no I've kind of given up on the whole Peter Parker thing yeah. And, um, oh my God, dude, that's so fucking cool the way they do that. Cause I'm realizing now. So when he, t- and then Toby Maguire kind of tries to like talk him back into, you know, like, Hey man, I'm fine. You know, you can find a way I did. And that's so sick because when you see Andrew Garfield, he's suited up, which means he came through most likely suited up. Yeah. And Toby Maguire came through as Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And you have this this two this duality between one of them who has totally kind of given up on being Peter Parker, of course, is stuck as Spider Man in this new in this dimension that he's gotten ripped into, mm-hmm. and the one who's found a balance between the two is still you know juggling both. The OG, wow, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Now, and they, and they even and they and they even like they vocalize that when talking about their lives because yeah. he talks about he made it work with his, you know, his MJ, his MJ, yeah, and he, he kind of said he like it, it, it took a while, but they were able to figure yeah. it out. God damn it, dude, that part really fucking hit me too. Yeah, because but even like to this day, that like that that kissing is so iconic, right, between him and amazing, dude. yeah. Um, and miserable for them apparently apparently he was like couldn't breathe the whole time because water was just going up his nose mm-hmm. but still couldn't tell couldn't tell they they We're, great actors and actresses they they, they yeah, didn't pull absolutely. that one off dude um so so on to the the next scene though did you know about toby mcguire's back problems um, he, I, I know that they had like talked about um, it like you know like way back when about like in, in the first movie they make a joke about it in the third movie, I think, mm-hmm. because he had hurt his back and wasn't able to do some of the stunt work. Yeah, because he hurt it, it. Like, was it filming Sea Biscuit? I think Sea. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the fact that they fucking address his back problems <laughs> again in this movie yeah. was such a good piece of fucking fan service for that. There's just for like fan service for an inside joke from another movie like mm-hmm. incredible like that that whole scene where Andrew Garfield pops Tobey Maguire's back but okay but in, in that same scene when they're talking and um Andrew Garfield's kind of just um down about himself and Tobey Maguire's like no dude you're amazing, you're amazing. I was <laughs> like this is awesome this is so sick because he's because his movie's Amazing Spider-Man, amazing Spider-Man. and dude that's that's my favorite scene in the movie okay but but also because i'm i obviously um generally ranked the andrew garfield is like the 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 worst one right out of all the spider-mans but it's cool to see that like the og is kind of giving him his props like no dude like like you're Mm -hmm. good 
Uh, I, I just love that, that scene where they're all three, where they're all three bonding is so fucking real. It really, really, it doesn't feel scripted. Mm. Like that whole scene doesn't feel scripted. It really just feels like like a it's like slumber party vibes. Yeah, no, hundred like percent. It, it was it just like. Really, like I, I, it was like wow. Like I didn't know I needed this to have like <laughs> my Spider Man's over the years interact. I know, man. And it was so. That's that's that scene where the three of them are hanging out on the statue is my favorite scene in the movie. I think it's so natural feeling. It's such a cool. It's such a cool um, like atmosphere and like just the way and it feels really organic. The fact that it starts with just two of them having a conversation and then you know uh, Tom Holland kind of come comes in. And they all kind of had this moment where they really, really figure out, you know, how, how similar they all are and how like, and I don't know, it's just a really, really sweet moment. It's definitely my favorite fucking moment in the movie. And it absolutely is not something I knew I needed. Yeah, it was great. And it was really interesting too, because obviously the, the final battle is taking place on the Statue of Liberty, but it's being worked on to, 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 to be a Captain America tribute, um, w- yeah. which was, it was nice to figure out that the, the, the torch underneath was still there. They were just like adding the shield onto uh, the yeah. Statue of Liberty and that they didn't just completely like rip off her arm. But um, I, I just found that really interesting because obviously like still to this day, like we're still seeing the fallout of what happened. Um, you know, with the, you know, uh, phases like one through three, right? Because um, obviously Cap's yeah. gone. Uh, well, uh, uh, obviously not uh, 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 Steve Rogers, excuse me. He's gone. So, the, but like they're, they're just like showing the love for it. Um, so I, I thought that, that was cool. And then I, I like that um, Peter to, to, all right, he's like, he's like, we got to like lure everybody in. He like FaceTimes, uh, you know, uh, the, daily bugle and he's just like hey like you know like yeah uh just to kind of like set the record straight but also at the same time he's giving up his location to to lure everybody in and you kind of realize like okay cool this is where like the the final battle is going to take place and it was crazy to to see um obviously everybody like kind of trickle in um but it was uh so fun to 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 see them my kind of like you know uh swinging and using the scaffolding and it just being like this crazy fight like all up and down the 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 statue of liberty yeah no i uh i really do that final fight was so fucking cool just everything just seeing all three of them like when they all three of them like had the swing around and then they all like got the the different silhouettes of each of them Mm mm-hmm like that part was so sick. Um, the way they juggled between fighting their own villain and fighting each other's villains was so cool. Um, all the different visuals for it were so fucking amazing. Like the way they did Sandman was super fucking cool. Um, and say Electro with the arc reactor was just fucking like insane. Like he was so, so much stronger. And that was, that was so sick how they did that. Um, and like, I, I like I'm really jumbled about like the order of events when it comes to that fight because it was such a fucking. Well, it was, uh, Sandman's the first to get cured because. Uh, yeah, but before Sandman gets cured, um, I mean they all kind of get cured like a little bit rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one moment. There's one moment I can't remember if it's before or after any of them get cured. Um, but uh, when um, they all like tumble up and they all have like that moment where they're all in their like different like um they're different like signature like crouches okay yeah I, I, they've I, all got, like, 
Yeah, I think that was in the, like the beginning of the fight. God, dude, when they've all got that different way that they like, they like, you know, like, like sprawl out and like get ready for a fight. I thought that was such a sick fucking moment. He said all these really, really cool, sick visual moments in that part. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Sandman gets cured first. Um, and I'm trying to think after Sandman gets cured, is that at the point when uh, Lizard figures out that th- there's a portal? Yeah, because um, uh, MJ and uh, well, yeah, because 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 Peter calls to to have to open the portal, so he can send the box to them. But yeah. uh, Ned is having yeah, Ned's having trouble closing it, and this is the first time you're kind of like seeing him struggle with the portals because at first he, he seemed like a like an expert, a, a a pro at it, but then you you see him finally uh, is struggling. But maybe it's because he was under pressure. Um, well, that's the thing is earlier saying like. Ned might have been able to do it because he's so easygoing. Mm-hmm. Maybe under pressure he can't do it because he's not relaxed. He's not mm-hmm. like he's putting too much pressure on it. Yeah. So Lizardman sees that the portal's open, so he's like, "All right, cool. That's where I want to go because they have what we are all trying to get," which leads yeah. to Ned and MJ running into or, or out the portal. I don't know, into the portal, out the portal, whatever it is for them. Um, and now they're on the scaffolding and running up and down the statue of Liberty and Ned's trying and trying. Um, and, and he, he does, he gets a couple of portals open, right? He remember he opens the portal. I, I'm assuming to like the bottom of the ocean. Cause all that water kind of um, uh, <laughs> yeah. comes out and that's what stops, uh, you know, the lizard man from chasing him lizard. at that point. And then he opens up another portal and then out walks Dr. Strange, which you're like, oh, cool. He like freed himself from the web, from the webbing. And uh, <laughs> Ned kind of was just like, oh, hey. And it's, it's like this crazy moment because you're like, all right, cool. Now Please. I feel like the, the, the like, tide's turning. <laughs> yeah. And and it, obviously there's all these like, you know, um, Dr. Strange is like trying to play catch up because he's been in like the mirror dimension and like having, I'm assuming having to watch like a lot of it go down um, and trying to like escape. But luckily Ned like, kind of fumbles and opens this portal yes. enables Dr. Strange to, to get back into the battle, which was cool. And then there, there was like a ton of cool moments, right? Because, um, uh, Doc Ock comes up and I was confused. Cause I was just like, is he going to be a bad guy? Cause he, cause it went, when he, he shows up, he grabs the, um, you know, to the Spider-Man yeah. and you're like, Oh wow. He, he, he turned evil. He got frustrated, but then it was a fake I out. It. it was a fake I out. He, he grabs electro and just rips the arc reactor out. And you're like, oh, okay, this was, this is awesome. Cause he's still, um, he, he really appreciated the, the help that he got, right. They fixed him and he was still on their side. And, and that, I think that was like a really pivotal moment because they were having like a trouble fighting electro. He was, he was way too powerful for them. So for Doc Ock to, to be able to, to boss up and, um, you know, kind of calm the situation. I, I thought that was a great moment. Oh, I did remember something. So, uh, one of my buddies pointed this out. So when, uh, when they're talking about their different, like when, uh, when they're talking about the different things and the different ways that they handled things, um, and Andrew Garfield's talking about how he, uh, he, um, like just kind of gave up on Peter Parker and dove, you know, dove into being Spider-Man and even stopped pulling his punches. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know the Spider-Man story where Doc Ock and Peter switch bodies? Yeah, you're talking about uh, that's a uh, superior Spider-Man. Yes, superior Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And Doc Ock figures out that Spider-Man could have killed him at any point if he wanted to. Yeah, and, and actively chose not to. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, dude, that shit's so fucking sick. Yeah, that, that was so. 
that, that that was a great run um the uh person who, who did the artwork is this, uh, a guy named uh, ryan stegman like one of my favorite like artists like comic book artists really yeah that's sick that was a great run yeah i i've never i've never read it i've just like watched like an explainer for like i've watched uh one of like the comics explain things on superior spider-man and it sounds really fucking sick it's awesome if, if, if you have time you should definitely check it out it was like yeah uh, like a really good spider-man story one of my buddies like swears by it he's, he, he, he really loves it um but uh but yeah um yeah, when Doc Ock shows up, I was I was pretty fucking psyched. I was like, okay, well the tables have fucking turned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, this shit's fucking over. And then they just that that, that the rapid fire that they're able to cure everybody at that point. Yeah, because Doc Ock comes and saves or and you know stops Electro. He slaps on the the energy sucker on him, which uh, you know gets completed. And then there's that moment, right? Because uh, Electro and um, Andrew Garfield have a moment. And he like takes yeah. off his mask, and he's like, "Oh, I I, I thought I was hoping you would be black, uh, right?" And uh, and then he he says the line. He's like, "Oh, he's like he's like well, he's like there has to be a black Spider Man um somewhere out there." And you're kind of like, "Well, he's like he's like you're from Queens, you yeah. help poor people. Like I just thought you'd be black." Yeah, <laughs> that part was awesome. That also that uh, I saw somebody um like people were were like calling that a plot hole because saying like apparently electro in the movie never found out that peter parker was Mm spider-man so potentially we're seeing an electro from later that has learned that peter parker is spider-man possibly through like being involved in the sinister six or something but maybe never saw him and never like actually found out who peter parker was just knew the name peter parker was associated with Mm spider-man So when he pulls his mask off, it actually is a surprise to him that he's not black, that he's some white kid. Yeah. Um, which cause, cause somebody, uh, some like, uh, I watched, I watched pretty much a video like about like, like filling the plot holes in the movie and like somebody like going through and being like, well, this is, uh, these are like, these are all the plot holes people are talking about. I'm going to try to like rationalize and reason these plot holes away. And like, pretty much like sealed up all the plot holes that people were having. And some of the plot holes that I, I saw in like videos that I watched about it afterwards, like were very, very much like reaches. And also were like kind of like going into like the semantics of spells and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I wasn't confused about that. I don't know where, how you who has a YouTube channel were confused about that. Like to me, that made sense to me. And I just kept it moving because the movie just kept moving um but yeah that part was really good um and say and i can't remember the order is it so it's sandman is it lizard and then electro no i i i I think it's a sandman electro Electro, lizard lizard. yeah because uh lizard's just kind of fucked up like yeah because uh tom Tom holland gets him after Yeah. yeah and then goblin shows up right green goblin shows up and then one of the, like, I think one of my favorite moments, right? So he, uh, he, he shows up and he's like throwing his, um, you know, his uh, pumpkin bombs. And then he, uh, you know, sneakily hid one in the, the box that everybody was trying to get. Cause right. Dr. Strange was trying to, to complete the spell. It explodes. Shit's going crazy. And then we see, uh, MJ falling 
and it's in the same style as Gwen Stacy falling. And I'm like, no, not again. This is like, is this something that I just kind of didn't read? Is she going to die? And then as she's falling, you see Andrew Garf- Garfield. No, Tom Holland goes after him first. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Tom. Ho- oh, hold on. I, I unplugged my mic. Tom, Tom Holland uh, goes after I, I said i unplugged my mic i mean i unplugged my headphones um so yeah t- tom holland goes after her first and he gets hit with the the glider and you're just like she's gonna die but then nope here comes andrew garfield he's just like okay this is redemption i'm not gonna do it the same way that i did in my universe because that's what you know um ultimately caused Gwen Stacy to die because she you know the the webbing yeah so he 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 literally dives and goes and grabs MJ catches her in his arms and and you know like he 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 catches her they land and then you can see that he's really emotional because it's just like yeah it was so good yeah and I was just like oh my god this is him you know correcting this wrong from his universe and he was able to save MJ and she didn't have to suffer the same fate as Gwen did and it was just such a good moment for me to be able to see him get that one back and be able to save someone and not have to like relive that tragedy the the great power and great responsibility and him catching MJ were the two moments in the movie where I was like, they're going to do the thing. And then they did the thing. And I was like, thank God they did the thing. I was so happy. Like those were moments I saw coming right before they happened. And I couldn't have been more fucking happy that they gave us these fucking gifts. Like this was such a good Christmas present, man. (laughs) Yeah. It it was like that, that moment to me, it, 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 it just uh, meant a lot because I love Gwen Stacy. So to, to see her, I'm um, also like, yeah, yeah. You, you know, she, um, she dies in the comics, whatever, but then there's, there's uh, inspired Gwen, ghost spider, whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. But just knowing that she died in the movie, but to see him, just, yeah, just to see him get that one back. I was like, I needed that. That was just such a good moment for me. And also just like, I think it gave Andrew Garfield, like they did such a good job with like the things that they did to these characters to like i mean i guess i don't think toby mcguire had any growth because he had grown Mm -hmm. he had gotten to the point where he is like for lack of a better term the superior spider-man like he is just like morally like like incorruptible he is intelligent tactical like he's got his life and he's got his work life superhero balance like kind of worked out where he is you know obviously like we're figuring it out and and, like getting it like it took time but he's he's got it together he's got his shit figured out but i feel like moments like that where he saves mj andrew garfield is going to be able to go back to his universe and maybe give this another chance like give his life another chance Mm -hmm. and not just be bitter And just a Spider-Man to not just be Spider-Man, like find a way to also be Peter because he is just like, he deserves to be happy. And he's seen now a younger version of him be loved and, and, and all, and, you know, and go through like similar losses Mm -hmm. and still be able to, you know, be brave and do, you know, put himself out there and, and lose more even. And he's seen an older version of him who has been able to figure out a way to make it work too. And it makes me think that he's going to be able to go back and be a better, you know, Peter as well. 100%. Which is 
really cool. Yeah, because it's just like you're you're kind of realizing that even though they're in um, you know our timeline trying to help our Peter, but it, it it's like they're all being able to kind of have these closures and they're getting affected as well. Like they're not just here um, helping out. They're actually benefiting from it as well. And uh, I, I, one of the things I, I watched was like, like it's, it's funny too, because none of these are all selfless acts that they were doing because when they return to their universe, their universe won't be changed. You don't think so? No. Because what's going to happen is Norman's going to go back to his time and he's going to be different. And Otto's going to go back to his time and he's going to be different. And those are going to create a different variance. Yeah. New branch timelines in their, in the, in their universe's timeline. Peter's still going to be on his timeline where he lost Otto and he lost Norman and he lost Harry, but he'll at least know that there's another timeline. But don't, all that happen that way. But don't you think this is where things get kind of squirrely with like time travel? But don't you think there's going to be a Peter, you know, a, a, a Tobey Maguire that never comes to our universe, so that timeline kind of continues. But when he goes back, since he knows that there's this existence of the, the multiverse that it's real, that that creates a new branch timeline. Yeah. Absolutely. There's going to be, and that's the thing is one of the things I watched was like, uh, was explaining like the way these timeline things happen. And if, if Loki, if Loki, if the story of Loki never happened, things like this wouldn't have been able to happen. Peter would have been pruned the moment he walked into the Sanctum Santorum. You think so? But Loki takes place after the events of Endgame and the Quantum Realm. Um, you think I think so? no. Lo, lo, well, no. Loki takes place in the oh, time in oh, in okay, yeah, yeah, which is taking place everywhere, all the time, mm -hmm. always. It's one of those weird things where it's like it's like a uh, it's a wild paradox where it's like. If I walked into a room where time doesn't move and I destroyed something and then walked out of that room and all reality is different, it doesn't matter when I walked into that room because I walked into that room yesterday, next week, a year ago, 40 years from now, 1,000 years ago, because in that room, time is all the time, is all time, all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is so like if if they didn't do what they did because they met they met um, Kang mm -hmm. at the end of recorded time yeah they didn't go in there near the end of recorded time they traveled to the end of recorded time mm -hmm. into the future to change something that rippled backwards all the way through. So now everywhere that time has ever taken place, there's now the ability for variants to splinter off. So there's an infinite universe is being created now yeah, no. on infinite timelines, because now there's the ability for variants to be changing things and for time travelers to be causing trouble.
Yeah, because the TVA, they kind of find out that they're just just corrupt pieces mm-hmm. of crap. So the 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 respect isn't going to be there anymore, and people are going to mm-hmm. get crazy. People are going to manipulate time for their own benefit and things like that. But yeah, no. So like, I, I watched a thing where it was like, it was like if if the TVA hadn't been fucked with by the Loki series, the moment Peter had the idea to change time somebody would have just put, popped up and pruned his ass. They would have been like, you can't do this. You can't do this. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Ed. Because yeah, so all of those villains are, aren't, they're not like Andrew Garfield's not going to go back. And then Dr. Connors is still alive in his universe. Yeah. Cause he's but already, he'll know. Yeah. Cause he he's saved him in their timeline. Mm-hmm. Cause he's already past that point. So he's not, he's going, already past that they're not going back to the same points in time, the villains. Yeah. And okay. And, because it's one of those things where it's like you can't change your present by going back to the past and changing something. All you can do is change a different version of your present because you always did that thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't change the way you are. It's a weird back to the future time travel does not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, time travel does not work yeah they're like this weird super simplified that wouldn't make sense there's too many uh, situations that wouldn't work and also like if if back to the future time travel does does work there there, there's an interesting story that the reason brain cancer exists is because time travel exists It would be that Back to the Future time travel is real mm-hmm. and that brain cancer is a result from everyone's brains trying to wrap with the fact that we're all constantly having our brains reformed because things are, people are going back and fucking with time, which is then fucking with the reality that we exist in. So our brains are constantly having to like readjust, you know, readjust. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a fucking story. I'll sell that fucking script. Okay. Well, I, I can believe it because you open up that Pandora's box. Yeah, people are like, oh, I can go back to my past and try to, you know, make this one different decision that I think will change my life for the better. And it's just, you know, they're going to be they're going to be in a time loop, right? They're going to be so fixated yeah. on trying to fix. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, yeah, it won't end well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the like, goblin fight, though, that was where we. Yeah, I, I I really like that. So Peter gets taken for a ride on the the hovercraft, and he's smart enough to 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 get his. Own, yeah, he's like, all right, he's like, I'm I'm gonna grab a, uh, my, my own pumpkin bomb, and we're gonna you know we're gonna stop this. Uh, you know, we're gonna end yeah. his mobility, and we're gonna have to you know duke it out. And it's crazy because I was, like obviously like while the whole fight's going on, the Statue of Liberty is getting messed Shield up. Falls. Yeah, Captain America's shield falls, and that's where the final battle takes place between. Green Goblin and Spider Man. So he he like explodes the the hovercraft and they end up on the shield. And uh, he's Spider Man's like you know having his way with them. And that that moment where uh, I'll say like I, I'm basically skip the whole fight, but I'm the the moment where he where Peter Parker picks up the hovercraft and he's about to uh, end it. Right, he's about to smash. Uh, Green Goblin, Norman Osborn with the you know spike part of the, the hovercraft, and you're like, oh crap, this is just like he dies in the first Spider-Man. Ju- just just like he dies in the the first Spider-Man, but then it's like very reminiscent of like you know Civil War with Cap mm-hmm. about to kill Iron Man, but he doesn't. He just yep. you know messes up the arc reactor, 
and he's he's gonna go for it. he's going for it and then in comes uh you know toby mcguire to, to to stop him uh and he's just like and because toby knows he's like yo he's like you're gonna you're definitely gonna regret this decision this yeah. is this is not what we do so he goes to to, to stop peter and then they're just kind of like having this this moment where peter's still trying and toby's like just kind of holding his ground and obviously uh peter or uh, our peter has uh this moment of clarity where he's like all right he's like, he's like yeah this is this is wrong like this isn't what i want to do <laughs> and then uh green goblin and green goblin shanks uh you know toby mcguire spider-man in the back and Dude, just, that blade that blade was so gnarly looking too yeah and you're just like god that awesome. and and i thought that was going to be it i'm like wow he killed spider-man he got he, i thought me and ashton were thought the same thing we were like holy shit are we about to lose aunt may and toby mcguire in the same fucking movie that's what i thought i was like damn they're gonna let this guy get get one back Right, this guy's this guy's done so much damage already. They're they're, they're just gonna let him d- destroy and kill like one of our I- iconic superheroes. Um, but uh, you know, he stabs uh, Tobey Maguire, and then and then what? Oh yeah, Andrew throws Andrew him. Garfield throws him with yeah. ceremony. Fucking gets gets him right in the neck, and and cures him, and he's just like. You know, obviously Norman kind of comes to and he's like looking around and then he kind of asks, he's like, what have I done? Because he's he, obviously he wasn't really present for this destruction uh, that he caused. And you're just like, damn, this is this is so like fucked up because, uh, yeah, the, the the villain is gone, but the damage is done. So, like, yeah. what do you do? I, I was so pissed off because I'm like, yeah, like I'd want to like I, I'm right there with. Uh, you know Tom Holland's Spider-Man. And I, I was ready to to, to kill him. I, I wanted to kill him, but obviously, uh, the other Spider-Man's kind of uh, let him get uh, you know clear-headed and realize that that was what that wasn't the right move. But it's just it just sucks that Green Goblin was able to do so much bad, and obviously in his universe because obviously he he's um, all the stuff he did leading up still happened, and then now he's in our timeline causes so much destruction yeah it kills aunt may but is able to get away with it and i was like man i don't know if that's right yeah i mean it's fucked man i mean it really really like like i think the way they handled like norman osborne's mental health was with like a like really really good like really good care to making you understand how involuntary like mental illness like that is like it is not something anybody wants mm-hmm. he has or, like it's zero control or, yes and i thought that was really really cool the way just the, the the sympathy they built for norman osborne in this movie was so much more sympathy than they built for him in any of the other in, in the other movie <laughs> it was that well, I, I think back then, as a, as a like society, mental health wasn't taken that serious no. back then. So no, I, I feel no. like we we're like in a way different spot in terms of the way we view mental health now. Well, which means it could be played better is the thing too. Mm-hmm. It didn't like because because like given Willem Dafoe was great in the first Spider Man movie, but he was kind of just playing the Joker. Okay. Yeah. This was different. Yeah, yeah, because like I felt like we we could uh, 
like i i actually cared when norman was there and he like i, I could feel what he was feeling yes. yes yes you really could feel what he was feeling you could feel how concerned and confused he was a lot of the time like dude like like i like i love i love watching movies with ashton because like when 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 every moment where he was like in this like really really sympathetic place like i just gotta look over at her and she just looks so sad and i was like same it's exactly how i feel right now mm-hmm. um but uh it was so it was so good i really just i i was so happy with that ending and then uh, like the fact that we didn't fucking lose toby mcguire and we even got another funny line out of them when he's getting helped up and he's like, I've been stabbed before. <laughs> he's like, I've been stabbed before. <laughs> Which was good. I really liked that. Was his, that was his reaction to getting run the fuck through with a giant blade. It's just, oh, I've, been, I've been stabbed plenty. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't panic. He, he kept it chill. <clears throat> but, but at that moment... And he doesn't have a suit that's, that can withstand blades. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he just had to, to take it. But it, uh, like after that fight's over, I felt like Hmm. Uh, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, he had this moment of clarity, like, fuck, the only way to kind of fix everything um, is like, I got to let everybody go. But at the same time, uh, the, the universe is cracking, right? All the other um, villains, maybe non-villains are starting to come through. And Dr. Strange is like freaking out like shit. I got to close. I got to close these cracks, but Spider-Man realizes like, okay, the only reason why they're coming here is because they're, coming for me they all know who i am so he he kind of has this this moment of clarity where he realizes like fuck like even though this isn't what i want but this is what's best for everybody like we need everybody to forget so he he tells dr strange like yo like like we got to do a new spell like we got to like have everybody forget and dr strange is like all right like everybody's gonna forget so go say your goodbyes and you're just like fuck dude like this is it and obviously he, he goes and um, has his goodbyes with the, the two Spider-Mans, which to me, I, I, I felt really sad because I'm just like, man, they're probably never going to cross paths again mm-hmm. because to to do it again wouldn't be as would it, impactful. It could, it could also hurt the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And so For them like, to cross paths again means that something has gone horribly awry. Yeah. And, but, but I did like that he was kind of uh, Tom Holland was like kind of speechless and didn't really know what to say. Um, Cause he, he, yeah, he's basically saying bye to himself, but it's just like these other versions of himself. But, but, but it was cool to kind of see them have like, you know, just like that, that, that last moment together. Cause it was, it was just something very special. Yeah. And I'm really like appreciating the fact that this is Tom Holland's Spider-Man universe. Like this is Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It's he's the MCU Spider-Man, but we did get to see, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire interact without Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those, uh, like it passes like a test that like everything didn't revolve around Tom Holland. Like we got to have like all of the characters have their own, their own like lives, their own dreams, their own, like they were all fleshed out in a way that we understood them all as individuals and not like they were all vehicles for a main character. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really, that was a really good, uh, they did a really good job with that, with the movie and not in, in incorporating all these different, like varying wild characters 
and not making it seem like they were only there to push like a narrative forward. It felt like they, they had their own narratives going at the same time, Mm -hmm. which was really well thought. (laughs) Yeah. And it was great for the people who had been like along for the ride beforehand. Cause we're, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're getting to, to see, uh, you know, our Spider-Mans live on past those movies that we like so much. And I don't hate the first Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. I think it's pretty good. I don't hate it. I second one sucks ass. Second one was bad, but I was su- very surprised that they didn't finish the trilogy. Obviously, there's like this big gaping hole because yeah, well, the, the, the Sony leak happened. W- w- which Sony leak? When uh, Sony got uh, hacked and their emails got leaked. Um, several Sony executives uh, said very, very shitty things about Andrew Garfield in like private emails. Oh wow! They they like called him a brat, and they like I think called him like some words we don't use. I totally missed that. That's crazy. Um, yeah, he quit. Oh wow! He I quit. I I just thought they put put the axe to it because because remember at the end of two there was like the the you know the Sinister There's Six. They were supposed to do oh, Sinister wow. Six. They I had were no supposed idea. to make another. They were supposed to make another Spider-Man movie. They were going to introduce Sinister Six, and they were going to do their own Sinister Six movie mm-hmm. too. Yeah, without Spider, like it was going to be like an all-villain-centric movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yep, wow, because they were going to do a Black Cat movie. Yeah, they were going to do. Uh, they were going to do all kinds of. They were going to do. Um, um, fuck. Um, she's in the the video game the the girl in the white i can't remember her name right now one who's like the military contractor um i'm blanking on her name right now um but yeah they were gonna do uh oh it was like silk inspector or something like that i think that was another thing they were gonna do uh they were gonna do a spider woman movie they had like all these plans and then they got caught talking shit about andrew garfield and he said oh Really, fuck you, and then left. That's crazy. Yeah. I would, he like he probably lost a lot of money doing that too, because like, he probably had to break a serious contract. Yeah, but it's like to get out of it. How how can you go to work when these people are you know don't yeah. got your back? Which Spence. makes sense that he would come back and do it for Disney. Yeah, because they they didn't yeah. talk crap about him, mm-hmm. and they probably wrote but some yeah. re- really big checks. Yeah, and they. And they redeemed his his, his portrayal of mm-hmm. the character too, because the last Spider Man movie they made fucking sucks. <laughs> so he says goodbye to Spider Man, the two Spider Man, and then uh, he has to go say goodbye to Ned and MJ, and that was just so rough because uh, remember that scene where they were in the Undercroft and she kind of tells. Uh, peter she's like yo like next time you have to make a like a decision yes. like that like you know come talk to us and you're just like fuck he didn't talk to them so he's kind of springing it on them and you just you just see that she's like fuck dude like like you know this is it like we have to accept it and um you know he's just like don't worry like it'll, it'll work itself out like we'll, like we'll find each other again and she's like like you better or like i'll come find you i'll, I'll figure it out and you're just like damn dude this sucks because obviously you know you there was the interest like in the first one right like mm-hmm. um like we wanted them to to be together and then the second one they're together 
um well not like super together but obviously like towards the yeah. end um and then it's just like fuck they have to like break off like this thing and it's just so sad and then him having to say goodbye to to, to ned and these are like the, the the two people that he has left right like the two closest people to him that knew him before the superhero shit and you're just like fuck this is so sad and and it's just like and, and even dr strange says goodbye because because yeah. he's not going to remember and you're just like god damn everybody's going to forget and then dude and the fucking before while you're on the dr strange thing dude when dr strange walks out of the portal and sees everything going on mm-hmm. and realizes that peter is actually making it happen yeah without him like he really has a moment where he like you can see how like kind of proud he is of this kid that this kid is able to just have so much fucking determination and so much hope and like faith in in people that he like you know followed through on this thing and was able to do it without even fucking without needing any help from him like i don't know just the fact that he had made this huge mess and was like doing his best to like take like responsibility for it i don't know i think that was just like it was really really cool like from that moment and then from him saying bye to him while he's making the spell you can see how proud he is of peter for not only doing the thing that he fought him to do then he's even doing the hardest thing just giving up his whole fucking life yeah and then it cuts to peter moving to his own apartment you see him right or is is that the last scene or is that does he go to the coffee shop before the apartment or after the apartment? I think he goes to the coffee shop before the apartment. Okay, because you you know you know he's staying in New York then. Yeah, and the the, the coffee shop scene just breaks my heart because oh my god, dude! Because he, he he's walking up, he has like you know his lines rehearsed. He's like, all right, yeah. like this is this is going to be the start of it, and he walks in, and MJ kind of gives him this look, and he gives her this look, and then she kind of like perks up, but then you realize it's because of Ned and not That's because right. of him. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck, dude, they don't know who this guy is. This person that was so close to him. But then you kind of think back to all these important moments in their life. And he wasn't really present, right? You think back to like the, the, the dance, the, the, the competition um, where they went to DC for like all these important moments. Like he, he wasn't present and like, it, it, it's sad, but their lives wouldn't be that much different without him type shit you know and to to, to well to, he thinks he thinks their lives are better without him well okay and, and this is where um where i just was like fuck this is like one of these moments that, that really got me is like um you know you overhear ned and mj talk about mit and you're just like fuck like like okay like him being gone they're able to to you know achieve this one dream of theirs to, to get to their their dream school right and then um, you know, he, he like orders, uh, he like orders his coffee and then she brings it over and, um, he's like talking to her about MIT and, 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 and you feel like he's gonna go through and say these lines that he had rehearsed. But as soon as she brushes her hair back and he sees the cut and it kind of reminds him like she got that because of you and he just kind of pauses. And I think that's where he kind of was like, fuck like this sucks, but this is probably for the better to keep them safe and to keep them on the path of like where they want to be. If, if he gets involved 
again they could just end up right back where they were before so he 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 kind of catches himself right and doesn't say what he wanted to say because he saw that cut and you're just like motherfucker like this sucks so much and i don't know if you realize she's in that scene she's still wearing that broken dahlia necklace that that he gave her from the second movie and you're just like like she's like some part of her like you know like has to like not really remembering because like, she doesn't know who he is but like something there's a reason why she's still wearing that that necklace that yeah. she got well she knows she got it she knows she got it over in europe yeah and it's just That's, like I, I watched the thing that was like explaining like what what it would be to forget what it would be to forget someone and it would be like if like you forgot your mom existed mm-hmm would be like when you try to think of her you just like it would be like kind of like blurry Mm -hmm. but you'd know like you had a mom like you'd you have like memories of like going to like the grocery store and you'd know that you like went to the grocery store but you wouldn't know who you were with because you know she wouldn't be there anymore Like, just like if you had a friend who like just disappeared from your memory, you'd have the things they gave you. You'd even have pictures of them, but you'd look at the picture and it would just kind of become like a little fogged out. Mm -hmm. Like, apparently they like explain this in comics, like with this, like, like these like forgetting spells, like at times. And like, that's how it gets like explained. And I, I, I heard there's like a lot of like discussion about like, how does this work in this movie and whatnot? And people like just wanting to be picky about it. But it's like apparently like very well like written out in some of the comics is like how forgetting spells work and what it actually like does to your brain to like try to think about somebody. It's just hard. So you just don't. It's just easier to just not think of them because it's your brain's going to prevent you from doing it in the first place. So she would know she got that that necklace in Europe, but she wouldn't know how she got it yeah she, she couldn't really fully remember how she mm-hmm. got it yeah so yeah. yeah no that fucking broke my heart too because also fuck him that's not what they wanted it, it, it's not what they wanted but i think it was it wasn't just about them you know it was about the safety of like the entire universe mm-hmm. again because it's like all right are, are we gonna have all these like not just villains, but you know, these people coming over and like, the, the, they can't fuck up the timeline even more because it's just like now it, shit's already bad enough. So he's well, yeah, just, it's like, I mean, dude, Sp- Tom Holland, Spider-Man is the worst at keeping a secret identity. <laughs> yeah. So that was rough. And then obviously it cuts to the uh, cemetery, right? Uh, he's at aunt May's grave and then happy shows up. And I, and I, I, I forgot in that moment that happy forgot who he was because because you're just like okay i was like waiting for happy to like hug him or say something but then it's just like he asked peter he's like, oh like how'd you know her and you're just like oh wow they don't know each other but obviously like peter knows who he is but he doesn't know who peter is i was like damn this this is really sad that he's so alone yeah i mean that's the really sad thing and that's why i'm really curious where they're gonna go because of peter like kind of losing like because of peter losing his identity as peter parker i'm curious if he's going to fall down a similar path that andrew garfield's peter fell down where he loses peter and he just becomes being spider-man 
or you know I, I don't know where this goes man and the college years are going to be are going to be a weird time yeah what uh well i i think he, he's gonna not fall into like a bitterness i, I think he's still gonna try to yeah move on because obviously like when he moves uh, when there's a scene of him going to the apartment you see in the box that he puts he sets down there's the g ged mm -hmm. test so obviously he's trying to like still further his education but like he has to um obviously just get his ged because he can't just be like yeah hey i'm peter parker and then be like who the hell's that like we don't know who you are type shit so yeah and and then it cuts to uh, uh, him uh like you know there's the, the the scene where you see the the sewing machine with like the the, the newer fabric so yeah he, ha he has a new suit which which was cool you know the it's, it's like a brighter blue seems a little like shinier a, classic, a really classic spider-man suit yeah and he's just kind of back to it he's just the uh, you know friendly neighborhood spider-man he's just out there trying to uh you know stop these uh you know street level crimes which is cool because he's just kind of just getting back to his roots and not having um everybody know who he is because that caused a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. And it was um, cool, right? A great movie. But then a mid credit scene, it, it cuts to, uh, you know, uh, Venom or Eddie Brock in uh, Mexico. He, he's just going off about, uh, you know, uh, the, finding out what the Avengers are and everything. Yeah, he, he, he's like going off to, to, the, to the bartender, like getting a recap of, you know, basically um, all like all the major events that happened in the previous phases up until now. And, uh, you know, he, he's like freaking out. And then he's like, all right. Uh, and, and just when I thought things were getting good, he's like, he's like, all right. He's like, maybe I should just go to New York and visit this Spider-Man. And then he gets faced back to um, his timeline. But then you realize, uh, you know, on the bar top, there's like, you know, like a, like, you know, a little drop of like the symbiote, uh, you know, there, which people are like, oh, cool. Like this is obviously going to play a role down the line. Maybe, you know, that's, it's going to find its way to flash Thompson um yeah and which god that's going to be terrible he's, he's such a douche already imagine him with like his own suit he's going to be even worse um but i was like all right that that's pretty cool but i was i was hoping to see some sort of interaction between you know uh, venom and spider-man but dude was... have you uh you haven't watched ted lasso have you no the bartender that uh that eddie brock is talking to uh-huh is uh he's in ted lasso and me and Ashton were freaking out because he's probably my favorite character in the show. Okay, I highly recommend Ted Lasso. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Um, and then obviously that's basically it for Spider Man because obviously the post credit scene is a, a trailer for Doctor Strange, which was we left. I didn't know that. What that you, left? you left? You left. I you, left because we looked it up and we saw there was only one. You never leave. Yo, I we looked it up and said there was only one one mid credit scene. Oh my god. And nothing said there was a trailer at the end. Oh my god. I know god. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Because that's the only way you can see the trailer. Oh my god. Because I okay. I, I, I didn't really keep up too much on like the, the Doctor Strange news, but when I was watching the trailer there's this character, um, America Chavez, Miss America. Um, you, you see her twice in the trailer. She like, um, like you, you see this girl from behind, like walking up to the steps of the sanctum and you know, it's her because of her jacket. She's like, it's like kind of a denim jean jacket with like a star on the back. And I'm like, dude, that's America Chavez. What the hell? And then you see her like in the doorway with strange and Scarlet witch. And then this other scene. And I'm like, I didn't even know she was going to be in the movie. So that was like a, like a nice treat for me, but I, I can't believe you didn't see it. Now I'm tripping out. 
I'm pissed. Damn. Okay. Well, at some point they're gonna have to put it online, right? But that is crazy. Yeah, I'm pissed. I might have to go see Spider Man again to see the fucking trailer. Just see the trailer. Also, Spider Man was great, so I might just have to go see it again. <laughs> yeah. What a what a wild ride it was, and for it being like two and a half hours, it felt like twenty minutes, dude. Absolutely, dude. It was so well paced uh-huh. for a movie. Legitimately, for a movie that did as much as it did, as fast as it did. It was incredible pacing at no point in the movie and no point in the movie was I like, time to wrap this up. And dude, I'll, I'll even fucking admit. So we went and saw, did you see Venom too? No. Watch it for free. Okay. Don't pay to see it. Okay. Watch it for free on something whenever it actually is on something. It's fine. Venom two is an hour and a half long. It felt longer than Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> it felt longer than that. Mm-hmm. There was so much of that. Like, legitimately, the only benefit of Venom 2 is it was only an hour and a half long. So we went and saw it, and then afterwards, we got to get home early. <laughs> nice. Other than that, it felt so much fucking longer. It was a goddamn slog. If it had been rated R, it could have been cool. It was not rated R. It was not very cool. Mm-hmm. It was fine. You do know that Eddie Brock gets like the there is the end credits of Venom. The Venom Two is Eddie Brock ending up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fight in the MCU, mm-hmm. I, I watched uh, that just to see how it all connects. Yeah. So there was that. Other than that, the movie's trash. The first Venom I even liked. I even liked the first Venom, but the Venom Two is not a good movie. It, the Carnage looks cool. None of the violence is good because it's all fucking. PG-13 type stuff. It's fucking weak. Um, I'm trying to think. Dude, we've been talking for so long, but I do want to get to any of the other things we can talk about before we sign off. Okay, uh, uh, real quick. Spider-Man No Way Home, great way to end the year for the MCU. Absolutely, dude. Uh, Redemption story. Amazing. And we won't be back for an, a Marvel podcast for a while because Doctor Strange doesn't come out till May. So we got a break in between now till May, which will be fine. But um, I did want to ask people that listen to this uh, because they want to hear us talk about hardcore as well. So um, real quick, just want to touch on a couple of things. Uh, It it was cool seeing you in Wilkes-Barre. You know, obviously um, I hadn't seen you before that. Uh, I think I think it was FYA the time before that. So from FYA to Wilkes-Barre, it, it was cool. Inclination, great set. Kids were going off. It was really cold at, at that spot, um, but it was it was a fun night. I, I was happy. Fucking snowstorm afterwards, dude. Okay, um, I, I want to ask you: Did you hear about the Japanese guy that showed up? No. Okay, so the show ended, right? The show ended, and this guy walks in, and he's like, "Hey, like I'm here for the show," and we all kind of turn our heads, right? Everybody's packing up merch, breaking down the stage. And we're like, yo, fam, like the show's over. And he's like, I flew here from Japan. My Uber got lost. So that's why I'm late. And everybody was like, oh my God, you came from Japan. So one step closer, like hooked him up with like all the merch that they had. Somebody gave him a place to stay because he had like a 6 a.m. flight the next day. But this guy just missed the whole show. Yeah. I was tripping out. I felt so bad for the guy. Yeah, because he just rolled in solo, just missed the show. He made the trip out and just, yeah, missed the whole show completely. It was crazy. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, it was it was, it was such a like I felt so bad for the guy. What? No. Yeah. Damn, he missed the hell of a show. That show rocked. Yeah, the show the show was awesome. The show was so so much fun. A lot of good dude, bands. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard me before I said I think I said something about it, but dude, during life's question, I sprained my wrist and bruised my heel. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know you did that. That's crazy. Dude, I, while Magnitude was playing, anytime I, like, put my, like, I can't remember which, I think it was my right foot. It was my right heel. Anytime I, like, touched my right heel down to the ground, I was in fucking agonizing pain. Mm. So I had to pretty much play our whole set on my, like, on my toes. Because if I, whenever I put my fucking heel down, it was just sharp fucking pain. That's crazy. And I, I couldn't I tell. totally fucked my wrist up during uh during my question but then well, somehow while we played i didn't feel ter- too terrible but uh but yeah i was fucking limping for like a few days because of my fucking heel i'm so mm. old dude 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 i'm old i couldn't even mosh at that show because i hurt my knee when koyo came out here um i don't even know when that was but my knee was just uh not in the right place so i had to like chill that whole time which i was kind of bummed about dude I'm feeling my left knee starting to have some issues. I need to start like getting back on, like rehabbing my knees better than I have been. I've been like lazy, not doing it every day anymore. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, doing it when I have time, like maybe three or four times a week. And uh, I just had so much to do. I've been putting together fucking, I've been putting together records the last three days because we've got a bunch of LDB stuff coming out uh, the first of the year. Um, and uh god i just haven't had any time to fucking like exercise or do anything and i'm just feeling like i'm falling apart like my left knee is starting to go and i'm it's fucked up because my right knee is feeling fine mm-hmm. which is fucked because that's the bad one um but yeah yo uh, one more marvel thing dude the fucking hawkeye kingpin reveal the amazing dude so i we were i was in bed we were watching it that shit happens the last fucking part of the fucking episode i start screaming in our in our bedroom i i had to get up and leave the room because i was just wigging the fuck out like every like every part of my body was just buzzing i get up i'm still screaming i walk out of the room i turn around and i legitimately almost just passed out <laughs> That's crazy. You're... I got like completely light out of dizzy because I was just just yelling. But it was awesome because because you got to think that w- that happened before. Oh, wait, did, did that happen? No, did that happen yeah. after Spider Man or before Spider Man? No, it was right before. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, it was, it was it was the day before. That was the, that was the hint we got that uh, Charlie Cox is coming. Was the picture of fucking D'Onofrio? Yeah, so it's like <laughs> now the floodgates are open because now that. You're, you're able to okay so it's like punisher jessica jones iron fist mm-hmm. luke cage it's they're not that far off you know no, it, it, it's I've possible heard, i've heard kristen ritter is definitely back on so we i think we're definitely gonna get um i'm curious if maybe in the she hulk show she's gonna hire a private detective at some point to look into something because mm-hmm. she's a lawyer and lawyers hire private detectives i'm curious if uh if she hulk's gonna hire a uh, certain jessica jones at some point that would be amazing uh, that would be fantastic but uh 
but yeah, as far as as far as hardcore goes, um, I mean, say if we're not talking till till May, um, there should be a new inclination record out by then. Yeah, well, co- come back on when that comes out. We don't have to, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we can come back now and just talk about hardcore next time. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. Because uh, so because LDB got announced, we're playing LDB. I saw that. Uh, we uh, we might have a single out by then. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, I think that's the goal is to have at least a single out so we can play a new song at LDB. Um, not sure what's going on with the because there's going to be an LDB pre-show. Okay. I know a couple of the bands I think that are playing, oh, but just announce I it here. That's fine. I, <laughs> not my business to announce. <laughs> um, I I know for sure. I think one band. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of fucking out of turn and it end up like that falling through or something. But I know there's going to be an LDB pre-show. It's going to be at this uh, the venue where that uh, Koyo show that Sleepaway played. Um, uh, hopefully, hopefully by the fest, Sleepaway will have recordings out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really excited about that. That show went really well. Um, uh, I'm ready to have more songs than just that one comp song I sent you. Mm-hmm. Um, say we uh, constraints got the tour with Strangle You yeah, out to that, Colorado and back. Uh, that's in a couple weeks. That's in uh, mid January. Um, we're also playing a show at home with Restraining Order and Warren and uh, C4. I'm really excited to see Warren. Great band. I, uh, yeah, I'm a. Uh, I'm very psyched for that shit. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else going on. I'm, I'm curious about the the label. Any new bands in the works? Um, so few new new bands in the works. Um, like I've got a lot of projects started. We probably got like probably got like five or six projects that haven't even been announced that are in um in process right now mm-hmm. uh, we finally got the world i hate seven inches in um on january 1st because i i don't think i've made enough money to have to claim it claim like um my income on taxes as far as the label goes this year mm-hmm. um, so i don't want to make any more money this year <laughs> Because we're, so we're uh, right at the end of the finish lines are great right yeah. there. So I'm holding off to like, I think January 1st, I'm going to do like a big LDB drop because we've got the third press of the Koyo record in, um, second press of the Victory Garden 7-inch. Um, got the second press of the Perfect World record in. We're doing, um, and I'm doing like, so we're doing like a special thing for the next uh, pressing of um, the Inclination EP. Uh, I'm having everybody from the band write a personal like note about um, their favorite Rev release mm-hmm. or a Revelation release that means a lot to them. And we're doing like a Rev exclusive color. No, oh, that's awesome. It'll be sold through Rev and in the inserts for that one. So the inserts for this, because for... The first few pressings of the Inclination record, we did uh, screen printed covers and screen printed records. And then the last pressing we did, we finally like got like actual covers printed and um, and did like splatter and like colors and stuff for the vinyl. 
um, which doesn't really work for screen printing. Um, but uh, I wanted, and also it's cheaper. <laughs> so uh, since we, um, since we're doing like actual printed covers now and not doing everything screen printed for this next pressing, I was like, all right, well, we'll do a hundred for Rev and then 150 for, uh, for LDB to sell. Um, and uh, for the inserts, one side's like a poster and the other side's like a lyric sheet. And instead the on there'll be one side's a lyric sheet and then on the other side will be our personal notes about uh which revelation releases like mean a lot to us. Um like written in all of our own handwriting and stuff. So mm. I'm excited for that. I think that'll be cool. I'm still kind of putting that shit together. So that probably won't be available. The LDB records will be available in January, but the one that Rev's doing probably won't be done until like end of January. Maybe maybe February is when that'll be available. Um, um, say I don't I don't want to announce too many things because so many things are like so far away from being real because mm -hmm. some bands haven't turned their music in and whatnot. I'm doing uh, that Strangle You record. Uh, I approved the like the MP3 um, like vinyl. Uh, test things or whatever that the, the plant sends me for that. So that'll hopefully be out by the fest. I'm thinking strangle. You might be out by the fest. Mm -hmm. um, could be a little bit after that. We'll see. Um, I don't think I've talked about this. We're doing a, like a Louisville comp. That's what that, uh, that sleepaway song I sent you. Okay. It's off of. So it's like, um, and it's uh, all Louisville bands. So it's, uh, Hardstopper's got a song. Ooh, nice. Two Two Witnesses is on it. Love that band. It's uh, Wicked Garden is on it. Mm. Um, it's the last song they are ever gonna do because they're gonna stop being a band because they're all either in Two Witnesses or Constraint or um, Three Poisons. Um, so uh, Three Poisons is gonna be on the comp too. Um, there's a band going around here um, called Prime. It broke up over COVID, but they're going to be on it because every comp needs a band that's already broken up on it. Mm -hmm. um, Nine Eyes is even doing a song for the comp. Um, Weapon X is going to be on it. I don't know if you've heard any of the buzz about I have. Weapon X. They're, they're playing at LDB, right? Yeah, they're playing LDB. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's Trey Garris and Isaac's band. Um, that they're doing with our buddy Dave. He's the one who uh, was talking about uh, Superior Spider-Man to me the other day. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, Weapon X is going to be on it. It's their first recorded song. They'll probably have their demo out before uh, the comp comes out because I want to wait till vinyl's closer to being real before um, before I put up the um, the digital for the comp. But uh, yeah, Weapon X is on it. I think constraints on it, um, sleep boys on it. Everybody, it's it's funny. It's like there's so there's like 16 bands, and mm -hmm. it's probably like 30 people. <laughs> Wait, what about Love and Trust? Love and Trust is on okay. it. Okay, yeah, it's pretty much every little band. Every little band's on it. Um, uh, there's a couple new bands. Oh, that's awesome. That don't, any, that don't have any recordings yet, other than what's on the comp. Like including Sleepaway, um, there's like a couple surprises on it that are that are cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, 
I think it's, I think it's sick. I think it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be, we're going to try to do like a big release show where all the bands that are on the comp play. 12 bands. (laughs) A big, like, like a big, like showcase, like day fest sort of thing. And Um, is is there a, like a a name for the comp or is it just the Louisville comp? LDB 502. Okay. Respect. Yeah. Ashton did this. It's the stickers we're sending out right now. That's going to be the cover. She did like a, like a mock-up of the Louisville seal, but instead of the Louisville seal says like Louisville and then it has like what year it's the city is established. And then like three Florida Lees and the stickers we have right now are say life and death brigade the year the labels established and it's two umbrellas on Florida Lee. Okay. Uh, and I think we're going to use that for the cover for it. Um, just something simple and cool and like representing Louisville. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm doing, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen because just because vinyl has been so backed up, I'm like letting bands like kind of like, I'm giving bands like option, like I'll put in their, their order form for a record. And if by the time the plant needs music, they can either make the call if they want to do music that already exists or hold their place in line and do new music mm-hmm. for whatever their release is and like try to like release something closer to when, you know, new music exists. So there's like a few bands I'm like kind of talking with that I'd like, that's why I don't really want to make any announcements because some things are like in flex. Like I, I put in like the order form for that comp before most of the bands had even recorded just because I wanted to have it come out. Mm-hmm. as fast as they possibly could and that's been like what i'm trying to do with the label a lot which is like kind of making it complicated for like dealing with newer bands because like not only can i not assure you the music like your vinyl will come anytime soon it's also like it could be even fucking longer than it usually is so i'm trying to not get anybody's hopes up and anybody i get involved with i want them to like really really be aware of like the limitations of what being um like doing vinyl records is right now because it's it's not fun and that's why anybody i'm working with i'm like you know you make the call when you want to release your music you make the call you know if you want to do cds you want to do tapes you want to do anything else like do whatever you want just you know try to hang in there be in a band while we sell your records for a little bit at least try to help us move them um but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else going on. Oh, the uh, so um, my old band, Another Mistake, mm-hmm. um, we're doing that 10-year like anniversary pressing of the record, and it has been a complete fucking nightmare to put together because I wanted it to be like a special thing. So it's got like a zine that comes with it, and it's like the covers are like kind of like the covers are like kind of cool, and we did these like little like ob strip things for the record and it like it came together really really cool and i'm really happy with it and we're doing like a few old uh old designs um we like reprinted a few old uh like t-shirt designs uh, for whenever that drops and that'll drop on the first too so yeah january 1st we'll have world i hate uh seven inches represses of victory garden and koyo and perfect world and inclination and this uh another mistake anniversary press um so yeah that's kind of what the label's got going on i'm trying to think i feel like there's a few things on like the tip of my tongue that i could talk about right now 
but I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Because well. I'm a hack and a fraud. Well, I feel like you shared a lot of information. I feel like, uh, yeah, the beginning of the year is going to be really busy for the label. So that's awesome to hear that you guys are staying busy and uh, you know, doing stuff. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, later on in the year, doing more stuff. So that, that, that's only great news to, to hear on your end. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to just get ahead of things. I'm trying to get like keep getting contact with anybody who like we're trying to do things with and get on putting in at least like starting projects like well before music exists anymore, which is just such a wild like trust to put in a band because you used to be I just wait till I heard something I liked. Then I would hit a band up and be like, hey, is anybody doing vinyl for this? And then we do retro vinyl for something that already existed and mm -hmm. I'd have no fucking sweat that I'm going to like it or anything like that. And I'm kind of like putting a lot more trust in the bands I work with just saying like, Hey, let's do something. And you know, hopefully it's sick. <laughs> for sure. Well, seems like you have a good ear for music. I, I, I like the bands that you've put out so far. So that so should be fine. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if there's anything else going on. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> yeah, no, this is uh, obviously uh, something that I, I've, I've been looking forward to. I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to sit here and talk about this. This is, like I said, like one of my favorite things to do. And it, I'm like on, on top of us being able to sit here and talk about, you know, these movies that we love. It, it's always nice just to be able to you know, catch up with you and, and, and hear what you have going on. Fuck yeah, man. It was awesome getting to hang out too. 100%. Well, yeah. That was I, fun. I, I, I was stoked to, to get that picture with you because like I said like we don't get to see each other that often so I was like I, I got to capture at least this moment with Tyler yo did you get an LDB ticket no I did not it sold out I tried I was on the website there are going to be day passes I heard I'm going to try again because uh, Jim Barron our, our mutual friend he uh, you know um, I had asked if I could stay at his house he said I'm, I'm more than welcome so I'm trying to get a single day tickets cool 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 yeah I hope you do It'll be, it'll, it'll be fun. The venue it's going to be at is really cool. Mm -hmm. The last time I went to a show there was, uh, that life and death, uh, tour that, uh, no warning and down to nothing did. Mm -hmm. It was fucking sick. It's a really cool venue. It's kind of small, but it'll be cool. Oh yeah. It's small. It's, it seems smaller than riot. I think. Okay. Damn. Well, is there, 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 if it had stayed at the skate park, they were going to sell like a thousand tickets. And because it's at a smaller spot, I think the 750 is what they're doing. Something like that. Yeah. But, uh, well, but yeah, the venue will be cool. Try to get tickets. I feel like uh, I, I got beat out by, you know, there's that one band you talked about that played um, Promcore, how their crew went crazy. Uh, that band. Ballista. <laughs> I feel like their, their, their crew bought all the tickets. Um, it's going to fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm trying. There's, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, but when when I saw them on the flyer, I'm like, damn, that's something that I want to experience. Because after hearing you talk about uh, how their set was, I want to experience it. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. It's gonna be cool. I'm really I'm really hyped on it. It's gonna be fun. I'm pretty pissed because we're playing Friday, and we're probably playing pretty high up, and there is a fucking chance I'm gonna get hurt mm -hmm. while we like before we play, and I don't want to do that. So I'm gonna have to try to be on like my best behavior that day. And it's gonna be really fucking hard. Cause I'm gonna be fucking barely walking by the time we play that night, I'm sure. Hopefully I'm not on crutches or anything. 
Hopefully not. Just keep, knocking, keep knocking on wood while I'm saying this. Well, Tyler, this has been a pleasure, and we'll definitely do it again soon. Um, you know, inclination record drops. We'll have you back on when Doctor Strange comes out. We'll have you on. So I, I definitely First appreciate time. you uh, coming on and doing this. Uh, it definitely means a lot to me. Always, man. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll be back soon. Thank you.